This Week in League. In a year that it's given us bushfires, a global pandemic and race wars, July brings us David Nofaluma approaching the top of the tri-scorer list. Nathan Cleary quits TikTok after shocking consequences of Penrith ratbags throwing themselves pussy first at his face. Cam Smith lectures the Warriors of the benefits of being quarantined away from your bar. Plus, we look ahead to all of the action for round eight of the 2020 NRL season. We'll have more this week in League. Welcome to episode 357 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. The Magnum episode. Yes. For a second you go... <laughs> I'm trying to think. And no, I'm not just talking about your moustache. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I was trying to go, hang on, Dirty Harry, Harry Seeker, Deep Cuts. <laughs> How do you go from Dirty Harry to the Harry Seeker? Well, I don't know. I'm sure he did some dirty stuff. <laughs> Well, oh, welcome. Another welcome. fucking hype junior. Harry Stigelka. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, what happened? Is he over in Super League? Probably, maybe. Yeah. He might be fucking, he might be a real estate agent or fucking owner F45 by now. Yeah, knows? probably. That's it. <laughs> uh, welcome to the new listeners, uh, as always. Fucking, it's going off lately. Thanks to th- thanks, uh, Uncle iTunes or uh, Uncle Apple Podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, on, sold lately. on that note, though, I just want to uh, quickly use the patented stepdad uh, data checker. Beep, 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 beep. We're going to actually have a decline this week because I uh, predict there will be no Knights fans listening to this show <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they are, they are of the you know the the softer softer underbellies of the competition. Yes, I mean, who, fuck, even the even Broncos fans. Might like at the moment it's still like a like an egg you've just cracked into a fry pan. They're like that's that, that's the level of yeah. the, that's the that's the level of resistance to their underbelly at the yes. moment. But it's gonna get harder <laughs> because mm. now they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're starting to feel you know the things that Titans fans have had to experience. Yes, and and given them the un the, given them the hard underbelly that forces them or that that makes them wise enough not to, to, to demand credit. Yes. For a win Yeah, or Broncos two. fans have had it easy. Yeah. They've had like just periods of lower success mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something was done about it. Yeah. Like, for example, when they had Henjack in the role. Yeah. You know, something was done about it and then Hook got hooked. Well, it's the thing. They used to eat it. They've been raised, you know, from, from childhood yeah. on, a, on a diet of, you know, on, on caviar and... And foie gras, and I mean, and, and you know, at, at worst case scenario, maybe they, you know, have to eat sort of salmon roe on top of their, on top of their fucking, you know, uni, you know, sushi or whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't dip. It doesn't like now. They now they got to eat some fucking pal. <laughs> <laughs> that ironically yes. probably comes from the fucking hind quarters of old mate Buck. I mean, let's face it. He doesn't have to gallop around the field anymore to celebrate tries being scored because it doesn't really fucking happen that often. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, welcome Broncos fans. Strap yourselves in, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> now, news articles this week. Uh, I didn't. There, were, there was a smorgasbord of just funny shit. This, this like little funny stories this week. Uh, the the first one I have written down here was the death threats in Brisbane with Alex Glenn slamming cyber bullies. 
revealing that some of his teammates have received death threats after Brisbane slumped to five straight losses. An emotional Glenn said he had thrown his support behind teammates in the lead-up to the clash with the Warriors after witnessing vile social media abuse. The quote was, Certain teammates are getting death threats on social media. People can have their judgments, but that is not acceptable. Blah, 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 mental health, etc. Look, I agree with you 100%. Like, death threats are not on. Look, to be perfectly honest, though, I've seen some absolutely rampaging fucking trolls in my time. And look, let's be honest. I've been that. I've been one. Mm. At, you know, in my in the, the best old, of them. in the old days, you know, like that. That was me. But I've never thought to actually threaten a player with death. I mean, the most, the worst I've seen is just stuff like, you know, get you know, you need to get you know, chucked into Reggie's and just like very forcefully, like you know, you're 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 a fucking shit cunt, blah blah blah. You know, I've I've never seen anyone this outwardly say I, you need. Even in the fucking, Facebook group. You need to... I will fucking kill That's you it. because you are losing games. I've never seen that, like that level of distress, like what you call a death threat. The worst I've seen is the good old, um, you know, phrases like, you know, if I played like you, I'd end myself. Which is yeah, and even that's like a pretty extreme like that. That's, that's, that's the probably fuck, the furthest that's over the end, line. Yeah, yeah, that's it is over, over the line. It's over the line, but that's also probably the furthest point you'd ever see. Exactly, yeah. and that's not not ex- and obviously though. Yeah, people maybe people don't say it out loud. Maybe they DM it to some. You know, that's I, yeah. I, I, I completely agree that that is plausible. Just saying, I haven't I haven't actually seen it. I don't know if it gets that bad, but um, <clears throat> yeah. Like, when you when you got someone like Matt Lodge running around, <laughs> who's literally done it face-to-face has, with people yeah, has in real actually, life. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how Alex goes at, at training. Yeah. <laughs> right right next to old mate. Yeah. You know. Um, or maybe Matt Lodge has, uh, has fucked up here and not actually educated. You know how in lots of groups, like, you know, you got the old guy in the office yep. that thinks it's okay to tell, uh, you know, jokes and say that, uh, you know, his yeah, name I- when he books for lunch is a huge dick. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and someone just needs to sit him down and say, that's yeah, that's mate, that's mate. not yeah. okay. <laughs> Maybe Matt Lodge needs to sit Alex Glenn down and explain what a death threat is uh, yeah. and show him video mm. and audio footage yep. of him actually giving death threats. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And once again, going back to what we said at the start of the show, like death threats are not on. However, strap yourself in, Broncos players and fans. You're in unch- uncharted waters at the moment. This is probably like the... It's not the worst time in history yet, but I'd, I'd say there's it, a bigger risk. Give it another five weeks, and it could be. Yeah, I'd say there's a bigger risk of Broncos fans' death hopes for themselves instead of having to watch the sort of performance that their mm-hmm. team put in last week. And and also just and don't try and exaggerate or be hyperbolic about the situation because I'll say right now, with one hundred percent certainty. I would love to see the death of that fucking club as an entity. <laughs> like the on the on the on field results, they're dying. Love to see them completely die. The support's dying. The support's dying. The I mean, Teflon nature of the club <clears throat> dying. Dying. Paper bags from the the the, uh, the thoroughbreds dead. Dead. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly dead. Giving them their own poker machines at at uh, Fulcher Road, Red Hill. I believe that died around Andrew, that time Andrew G <laughs> <laughs> sepukud himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, 
So yeah, don't yeah, don't get it twisted. I mean, I would love to see the death of the club. However, as in terms of individual, and I think that sort of stuff's players. having less and less impact. <clears throat> like gone are the days when you know you could you could write an article that says people were shouting death threats from the stands. Yeah, and everyone reading it. Oh my, that's horrible. That's this. People now on social media are like, no, hang on. No, we're on social media. We see social media. Yeah. We, there's no death threats. So either- but even, what, but even what is the death threat of the game? I mean, it's just like, yeah, fucking kill him. It's not a death oh, threat. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's, like, you, know, let's see, you know, if you drop another ball, I'll murder you. I don't know. Yeah. That's just awkward <laughs> to say. But Darius boy, if you miss one more tackle, I'm going to jump this fence, <laughs> run the 26 meters to where you are on the field and literally kill you. No. <laughs> I've never yeah, seen that it, in a game situation ever in my life. Yeah. And it's, it's just being disingenuous with themselves, I think. So yeah. Um, grasping at fucking straws. And Lenny boy, uh, get, you, you, you know, you're taking these L's. Get used to more L's. It's, uh, the power is in your hands to turn things around. Yeah. So less, less fucking. It's probably going to be a common theme this episode. Less cry, cry, more do we do it, more try, try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bateman on the move. Yes. In what is a, a story of, you know, a story in about four acts. <laughs> let's let's take a step back through time. Back to the like was it like the day before the grand final. Or like, yeah, it was like it was right before the grand final, yeah. a couple of days yep. at most. A rumor where there were rumors that he was, you know, trying to you know ex- extend his deal, get get more money or you know whatever. And he's come out and said, "No, I'm trying to extend it at this at this club." You know, he was looking for an upgrade. Yeah. So, the, but he was, was talking about he was like going to leave if he didn't get more money. That was the, that was the story the way it was pushed out. Yeah. And, and then on social media, which he's very active on Twitter, yep. He said he said I'm trying to get extended at the at the at, at this club. You know, yep. calm the fuck down. So I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. So then a couple of months ago, mm. the story comes out that you know, starts leaking out that he's you know trying to get a release to take higher higher money deals and, and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. and he, once again he comes out on social media that, that's bullshit. Yep. Anyway. So where the smoke was comes the fire this week with uh, Bateman considering at least two attractive deals for next year and beyond after informing Canberra that he will be departing at the season's end. Mm-hmm. So the Bulldogs have offered him a three-year, $2 million deal mm-hmm. and his former Super League club Wigan have offered him a four-year deal around the $2 million mark. I think it's actually a £2 million pound mark though, which is significantly higher than $2 million. Yes. Australian dollars. Correct. Uh, now, look, it's, uh, they're saying he's likely to return to Wigan um, where his daughter and the rest of his family live. Mm. That, to me, sounds like a no-brainer. And a strategy that, you know, in this particular time with the, the pandemic and everything, just exacerbating the feelings of disconnection and, you know, ability to see your loved ones. Yep. Would be you know far more top of mind you would you would you would expect, mm. but then we had Ricky come out and had some choice shit to say. Yep. Uh, and look, I I think like Ricky Stewart is a fucking world champion sook. Yes. And he's he's done he's done the same thing on coaching merry go rounds. Yep. As Bateman, he's also had the whole you know 
sacking the sacking in, in Parramatta, turning that place into a shamble with the fucking OHP. Yeah. Uh, so he can't really. I mean, I can understand that, he's, that he's, he can be certainly he's entitled to be upset the way this has gone down. And uh, but look, mate, you know, fucking take a look in the mirror too. I mean, you, you, yeah. you've had you've it, done your, you've done your shit as well. You got to remember, it's very much here in the Donald Trump uh, mold. And by that I mean, Donald Trump says something at the moment mm-hmm. and people in Australia go, rubble, 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 rubble. <laughs> well, they just need to stop and think that he gives no fucks at all about what anyone outside of his sphere of influence does. The only yeah. person he's talking to there is the American voter. Mm-hmm. You know, so Not even that, just his- Yeah, his, yeah. his base. Yeah. So the only person Ricky Stewart's talking to here is the Canberra supporter. Yep. You know, he might garner a little bit of support from, you know, some neutrals or some uh, some people on the side, but yep. really, he's trying to soften the blow. Yeah. Of them essentially losing one of their start negotiation. Yeah. Now all this comes down, and I don't know whether people have had a chance to read it yet, but uh, Moses has come back and responded to Ricky's spray. I haven't seen his response because uh, let's before we get into that. The, the quality part of Ricky's spray was where he's saying that, you know, we, you know, we took the decision to release him from the last year of the, of the deal mm. and not play, you know, not play his game because we don't want to be one of these clubs like the Broncos and the Warriors who have been bent over by Moses yeah. and we're not going to let it happen here. Yeah. Which was great. Now, Moses said. He said a lot of stuff and he's yeah. basically, you know, come out and he's a pretty smooth operator. He's not dumb. Yep. Um, you know, you, you don't get to the, the heights that he has in his part of the game without being yep. shrewd. He hasn't gone in on Ricky. He's done the good old, I've got the utmost respect for Ricky. Yeah. I love Ricky, but he's not right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that's interesting is that he does come out and say, it was Canberra who agreed to a clause in Bateman's contract that allowed him to revisit his salary at the end of every season. Yeah, okay. Now, I've gone on so much about how, you know, the, there should be performance bonuses. Yep. And I don't know why clubs don't start doing it. And I think now if you look at players like Milford and Hunt and other million-dollar players who just aren't performing, yep. that it would be a fucking smart thing for clubs to do, to start saying... I'd love to give players the, the opportunity to earn a million dollars... If they, but have yeah. have the ability to downgrade them. Yeah, just say that. But you know, based on your performance, yep. If your performance isn't this, we reserve the right to fucking downgrade you. Well, yeah, this is the thing. You you just don't you don't even put yourself in a in a position where you have to downgrade them. You've just given them like what the downgraded salary would be. Yeah, that's that's what they would you call out their base salary. Yeah, that's and it. And then you apply incentives on top of that for you know. Finals, top four. That's it. Grand final, win. Yeah. You know, like other jobs where you have fucking KPIs and if you Mm -hmm. hit those, you get paid more. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, it seems like here, Canberra is not like Ricky saying that they won't put themselves in the position to be bent over. They'd already done that by agreeing to a clause that says they'll review his salary every year. They've already done that. Um, but what they have done, instead of letting it drag on and drag on in in his favour the whole, you know, the entire yeah. time, they've just t- taken control of it and said, mm-hmm. "Okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to play that game anymore." Yep. Doesn't matter what happens, you're gone. Yep. And now they've and now they've got you know, however I don't, I'm not sure what dollars he's on at the moment. I I would also like to see that, you know, because that that also shouldn't put the club 
in a difficult position because what's going to happen here is they're going to need to replace him. Yeah. You know? And they're working under the same salary cap. Yeah. And the club that signs him, wherever that may be, mm-hmm. knows that they're going to need to replace him. And so they're going to start to play silly buggers with, oh, yes, well, we'll take him off your hands because he doesn't want to be there, but we can only afford this. And so you'll have to carry, you know, even if it's a 100 grand or whatever it is. I think that if a player requests the release, yep. then it's just done. I think that is the, I think that is the case, though. You sure? Yeah, I don't yeah, think they're okay. going to have to... I don't think they have to carry anything. I think they're actually in an okay I thought there position. had to be special dispensation for that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mm. want to go. I'm not, you know, without knowing We're not player agents. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what else do we have here? I'll tell you what. This fucking Isaac Moses situation. I had heard uh, about a situation where, you know, where he tried it on at Manly. I didn't know who the player was until uh, yesterday. Mm. Fucking Blake Green is Moses. He had a year left to run at Manly. Yeah. And the reason why we let him go to the Warriors, I mean, because the whole story is, you know, he left the Warriors. They had they were offering him a three-year big yep. dollar deal. The reason why he got to released to go to the Warriors is because Moses is basically like, just be a cunt and just don't turn up to training in the preseason. Fuck. And so it wasn't anything to do with his on-field, but it was his off-field stuff. Yeah. So I hereby retract everything I said about Blake Green. And uh, his contract's up again too, and you know we'll probably need a five eighth or whatever. And he's the last fucking person on earth I would have in my club now. Oh, if you could get him at pennies on the dollar, and if he comes skulking okay, well, back if, in well, if with he, a little if bit he's, of a fucking changed attitude, if he's if he yeah okay, so because he's got to realise so he fucked th- up. This is yeah, this is what this is way off subject. But let's say you're looking for a five eighth next year, mm. um, and you've got a couple of options on the table. The most unlikely one because I'm not. I'm sure he'll get extended before it comes up. Is like let's say Burton, obviously young and like talented. Yep, every, come you, get, you get you do if you get him, you do it every day. Yep. Then so otherwise, looking at guys that are off off contract, you don't. You there's the, you know it's really like more. It's more veteran ones. So you go the oldest one on the on the on the books would be mm. like someone like like Maloney, right? Who's f- passed it in my opinion, right? Yep. But let's say he's like he'd be he'd be free. Mm-hmm. And he might want to come back once again after yeah. this pandemic shit. Blake Green, I think he's what about thirty-two or something. So he's yep. cl- he's not as old as Blake. Or uh, three, yeah, yeah, twenty-nine-year-old Kieran Foran. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. if Kieran Foran got through this entire fucking season, and he was uh, yeah. and he was gonna and he was gonna drop five hundred off his pro- asking price, which he which he said he would do. Yep. All fucking day, two-year deal. Earn it. Yeah, I know. I I think there would be, and again, if I'm if I put myself in Desi's shoes, yeah, I see benefit in somebody coming back, and it's it's a similar situation with Benji. Somebody coming back humbled, yeah, is very different mm. than them just coming back. Yeah, yeah. You know, so exactly. if he's gone, like he had this thing with Manly, yep, and it was great. He was yep. just the the steadier of the ship. He was the foil to DCE. Mm. He had to do very little except just be reliable when when called yep. upon. Yeah, he's obviously realised he's fucked up. Yeah, if he comes back, yeah, and he's big enough to go, yep, I'm fucking sorry, I was led astray by cunt Moses. Um, you know, I'd welcome him back with open arms. Yeah, you'd be uh, tough on that's, him, though. but that's why that's that's yeah that's obviously way off the. Well, also Blake Green left under under Barrett's watch as well. 
Yeah, true. You know, so it's a totally different situation yeah. as well, yeah. So he's no good, no judge of a good Desi, coach. Desi would just be like, all right, can't fucking see you. Enjoy Blacktown for a year. Well, yeah, it'd be <laughs> almost like what he did with Sully. Yeah. He's 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 real. He's super happy to just draw a line in the sand That's and say, it. fucking do it or not. Yeah, or don't. spot him. Yeah. And uh, generally speaking, you know, he actually he gets them to do it. Um, what's the other story I've got here? Oh, the, the the dressing room situation there after the game where the uh, the Warriors were pumped by the storm, and uh, Cameron Smith and, and uh, Craig Bellamy and uh, Ryan Hoffman were seen speaking to the opposition in the sheds, and uh, Hoffman said it was tough. We wanted to go in there and show our appreciation and admiration for what they've been doing, not yeah. only for the move, but what happened with um. With Kearney, who's a good friend of mine, someone I played with and was coached by, just to try and show some solidarity. It was very hard to not sound condescending or feel patronising to them because I'm sure they don't want sympathy. I just want to let them know the ab- admiration I have for Roger, Tuvasek, and the team and what they're doing. To be honest, I got a bit emotional in talking to them. Blah, blah. I would have liked that story a lot more if it never came out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like to see the images <coughs> from the dressing room overhead cameras yeah with them in their lecture room and the faces of the warriors yeah. players are just like fucking teleport me anywhere it it was except a, where i am right now it was now. a rugby league version of billy slater giving dinner to fucking homeless people yeah yeah and i'm so- sure what they look and look, I, I I've, I've had my issues with the storm and everything i'm sure what they said was very nice and, and heartfelt and, and heart and, yep. yeah ex- exactly um but man I just wish it had happened not on, not on cameras and like I'd wish we'd never heard of the story yep. or if it came out it was just like some Warriors player in passing yeah. mentioned it or something rather than it being you know we're seeing this yeah, thing that's it because yeah, yeah after you just pumped the team you know by 50 <laughs> it's like I mean even if it weren't like they were sitting there in a cl- like in a classroom getting lectured to mm. and it was just like you saw like Cameron Smith sitting on a, on the on the bench next to you know RTS and yeah, Bellamy and and Peyton, yeah, yeah. and they were having a beer and just That's like it. this moment of solidarity or something. Yeah. I feel like that 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 would have I kind of would have yeah. sat better. Yeah, but um, and and it, yeah, exactly the whole the whole thing of being lectured to. Yeah, we've just fucking That's... given you a lesson, and now here is the yeah. examination after. Right. Can you imagine how different that picture is? Like you know the good yeah. old fucking hey, let you know do a jersey swap or yeah yeah, um, yeah. this or sit down and yep. Dare I say, even a fucking prayer circle. <laughs> or a circle jerk. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, like a, like a, some sort of uh, NRL, you know, team-coloured-themed human centipede. Yes. Well, <laughs> Warriors jersey already looked like a, you know, Bukaki yeah. mural. Yeah, it, it, it did. Jackson it did, Pollock. It did look like the, the diaper on the, the, the final centipede. <laughs> <laughs> On a train of like 34 centipedes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, is there any more of the stories that came out this week that you want to talk about? Oh, everything at this stage is, is um, you know, can be talked about in the games. There's the, the stuff yeah. at Brisbane that we've spoken about. Yep. There's the uh, the fact that Wayne's come out and just absolutely oh. smashed the entire Broncos well, as a staff record label. and Not, a, not unprovoked group. though, because you had old mate from the Broncos... Mm. Implying that Seabold's troubles start with, you yeah. know, the damage, the wreckage that Wayne left yeah. behind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the thing these fucking people don't realise is, it was like two years ago. Yeah. We were there. We we we've we've seen all this shit. Yeah. And 
we saw that all of the media and publicity, everything was Wayne wants to stay at the Broncos and complete yep. the deal that he signed yeah. because that's kind of the guy he is. Yeah. And he's projected himself to be over the course of a very yep. long fucking distinguished coaching career. Yes. But no, the Bronco. But no, the Broncos. They want to get Seabold in. They want to get Seabold in. And oh, Seabold, poor Harvard, me. They Harvard said they, they said they were going to. They said they were going to get rid of Wayne early, but now they're not. And my fucking kids are got to change schools and blah blah fucking blah. Yeah. And after all that, they still want to imply that Seabold's woes this year are because of the wreckage Wayne left them at the start of last year. Yeah. Look at that. It, at the end of Wayne's tenure at the Broncos, mm-hmm. there were some questionable positional choices. There was the Cody at seven thing. There was Ben Hunt, and Ben Hunt's confidence yeah. was shot towards the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, you, uh, you had Milford, like, you know, fullback Milford, yeah. half Milford. Then you had fullback Darius. Like, yeah. like, he was like 5'8 Darius. But again, none. They were questionable, and the Broncos were still doing Bronco things. Like yeah. the, they still had this core of basic grit, effort, and togetherness, mm-hmm. which can go a long fucking way, mm-hmm. especially when you are a team that every home game has major travel involved for the other one. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they had Suncourt being a thing. And so that was like that thing I was talking about before. For the Broncos fans, it's just periods of lower achievement not crisis that was yeah. as bad as it got under wayne yeah um but yeah wayne's come out and said he's got 12 prep players <laughs> but no one's playing to their talent yeah he's and, not wrong and at the end of the day if players aren't playing to their talent mm. the the buck stops yeah at one place yep and uh we shall see think the, the the problem with the broncos is and this is a culmination of the deal Seabold was brought up on, the hype Seabold was brought in on, the the various directors and board people who've stuck their neck out and, and also been a, accomplices to some of the high-level decision-making, mm. plus like the the legacy, uh, the history of the entire club and the success in the past of the entire club, the fact that it's a coach after all these things congeal together. And I'll tell you what, I suggest the saddest part of this is nothing. Is what I am assuming is the deteriorated relationship between Darren Lockyer and Wayne Bennett. And it just points to what an ungrateful cunt of a human Lockyer is because Bennett made him. Was mm-hmm. undoubtedly yep. a talented football player, mm-hmm. but Wayne Bennett made his career. Mm-hmm. Shepherded him through every tough moment, guided him through all of the major fucking obstacles that he faced literally had situations where either Wayne or other people dove on fucking live grenades. Yes. Yeah. So they didn't detonate on Correct. him. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> Wendell. And for the fact that he can't come out now and at least out of personal respect, say whatever comes out and whatever anyone says to media about this. Yeah. Wayne's name doesn't come up. And it's in his power to, to you know, pass that yeah, edict he's on the down from above. Of the club yeah. And allegedly involved in coaching. But this, this, this is how, this is a, like when, when Wayne was running the place, it's like when Desi runs a place and when Bellamy runs a place in that there's, there's this powerful figure at the top 
and motherfuckers underneath on the pyramid don't talk out of school. Mm. It just doesn't happen because yeah. the consequences are fucking grave Correct. for people who do. There's a consistent message that they're all going to pump out. And if you don't, and if you can't do that, then you're one of the people who don't speak. And the fascinating thing to me on this is they say, you know, the old cliche is that a fish rots from the head. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the one thing that's lacking in that Broncos team, because it's not talent. No. It's not potential. No, definitely not. It's not even really effort because there's a bunch of those guys trying their guts out. Yeah. But they're doing it at an individual level. Yeah, so but there's, there's also some key people who aren't doing a goddamn thing. Too, correct, you know? but there's no cohesion in that team. Yeah. And then if you work your way up the chain, there's no cohesion in that club anywhere. No. There's the coach who's out there only you, worried about himself, reminding everyone in his press conference he's got a five-year deal. And you're getting all these random – I mean, like Darren Locke is not a random person, but, I mean, you're getting these random board members mm. speaking to the media as well. Yeah. Who the fuck is on the Panthers board? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Brandy. That's all I fucking care about. Look, I would assume that Brandy is. Yeah. I didn't know that for sure, but yeah. I would assume he is. Yeah. But honestly, otherwise, mm-hmm. because- When do they speak on anything? Exactly. And mm-hmm. the same goes for almost every other club. Yeah. That's you it. Know. If there's anything that comes out of Manly, it's the Pens. Yep. And why not? They fucking own the place. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's crazy. Rough like- one. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So on that note, I think that's probably all the news articles to speak about this week. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Righto, recaps. This is my, well. This is the fourth week back, fifth week back, sixth week back. I don't know. We're going to try and we're going to try and streamline them even more because, as I say every week, our stated goal was with a regular Wednesday night recording time. The games are literally a week old by the time you're listening to them. They're listening to this episode, these episodes. So we're going to really try and uh, and keep it keep it fucking simple. Um, Thursday night, the Panthers 20 to feed the Rabbitohs 12 at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Uh, tries to Naden, Cleary, Crichton, Edwards. Cleary, one of four conversions, a penalty goal. And the Rabbits 12 tries to Bailey Sirenen. I believe that was his first NRL try. And uh, Alex Johnson, uh, Reynolds, two of two conversions. It was very, very pleasing to see, first of all, that they could continue the intensity that the Panthers have been playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, that had some big games over the past couple of weeks, uh, mixed results, obviously, but it, it didn't get any easier for them. And Souths opened this game and put tremendous pressure and really came out and dictated they were going to play an up-tempo style of football, and Penrith handled it. They really seemed to be having a lot more faith in themselves that this is a long 80-minute game and there's going to be ebbs and flows and we can weather these storms. That's that's the the best thing about the Panthers, like they actually can just they're just in the game the whole time. Yes, and like their mistakes are low, um, you know, completions are pretty high, mm-hmm. missed tackles are, are low. Yep, but their attack is still, I don't think, great. It's like no, it's, they it's seem not. to get especially this one. They got some very fortunate sort of tries that were almost directly attributable to the fact that. Latrell Mitchell Latrell cannot fucking he... play fullback. Yeah, that's it. I don't. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. Although, you know, to to that note, the modern NRL defensive line mm-hmm. is incredibly 
hard to break. Yeah. You know, especially from close range. Yeah. And if it takes the vision for you to notice that the fullback being out of position is your best opportunity, then I don't see any problem with taking it. Yeah, well, no, no, there's, but, no there's no problem with taking it. But I mean, at the end of the day, the... When tries are scored because the fullback is like that, like that, that that image you showed me earlier, like where the fullback is twenty oh, meters away try. from yeah when, yeah, when the fullback's twenty meters away from the play and standing there with his hands on his hips, like watching it, he's yeah. not trotting, he's not he's not madly, he's not out of position and desperately sprinting to the yeah. play. He's just standing there like just <laughs> that's it. I'm I'm like out. like even if Edwards didn't score, I mean. You still motherfucker. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what next? Yeah. Next play. Next exactly. play. Like, like it's unbelievable. And that look, that may have been the problem. Maybe he's thinking, okay, that'll get wrapped up, then the kick will come back this way. So I'm saving. I'm being efficient here. I don't fucking know. Yeah. That's not how. Unfortunately, I've seen that's, ever unfortunately, fullback. the fullbacks don't get to be efficient. They sprint to one, and then they fucking sprint back to the other when yeah. the ball shifts that way. Yeah. You know? That's just the way it is. And this was just an unhappy night for Latrell all around. There was mm-hmm. some bad reads in defence, and. There, there was that try too hard, Latrell. Yeah, in attack. Yeah, you know, and like, and and some, and like being like caught out of position after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's been those last couple of times, last couple of weeks, where he's thrown those like gorgeous two person cutout pass that land yep. exactly on the chest of a winger, and it's absolutely gorgeous to watch. This was one of those nights where he was going for those and. But yeah, but you know, the funny thing, it didn't, know, really, him out the front. It, it didn't even really feel he was even going for those. Like, even his involvements were just shittier. Yeah, like, And look, I guess I guess at the end of the day, we probably both expected more out of the Rabbits based on the, the results when they'd seemed to have turned it around. But then you look and you go, okay, it was the Warriors and, you know, fucking Titans yeah, or whatever. So, I, I guess maybe, you know, maybe they're not. It is interesting that the team that a lot of people, myself included, had anticipated to benefit maybe the most from this six again rule change was the mm. one with Damien Cook at hooker. And he's done very yeah. little. Um, I don't know whether new- it's confidence. I don't know whether it's game plan. Uh, who knows? But he's he's not decisive. When he was playing his best football, Yeah, he was getting out of dummy half and he was, I am going to go at the defensive line and it was up to the rest of the team to go with him. He seems to have tailored himself back yeah. to, to being available for what they yeah, present and, to him. And who's and Which, I mean, if if that's not coming from Wayne, then even if it is coming from Wayne, dude, mm. watch some tape. I mean, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to big up Seabold in any way, shape, or form, mate. Like, mm. believe me, I'm with you. But <laughs> maybe it maybe it is that just enough of Wayne's attention at the moment, because a big bit of his attention would be going on the trail. Yeah. It'd be going on Jimmy. Yeah, you know, trying to get him back into the side. Yeah. Uh, but overall, just again, another solid performance yep. by Penrith, um, made even better by the revelation that Nathan Cleary couldn't fucking see properly and had been in hospital for six hours with a drip because, you know, he had and like and, and yeah, he had like it, pussy it, crust. It, it was like a, it was like a staph infection in the, in like the middle of his eyes, yeah, in the middle of his eyebrows, yeah. And to which I say is. Rugby league is a contact sport, so transmission of staff and things like that is, is certainly possible. But it's not like it's martial arts, or it's not like it's jujitsu or stuff where you know there's rolling on mats and all that sort of mm. thing. Where it's you know where it can, and yeah, MMA and things like where it can be a much larger problem. Wash your fucking face, you grub. If you're gonna fucking go diving for oysters in the fucking <laughs> in the snatches of fucking Western Sydney fives, wash your fucking mm. face, lad. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe it's the. Uh the extra inclusion to 
to medical staff and premises that they're under. Maybe it was a uh, transmissible piggyback in from a dirty doctor. That's my know, that's the thing. They're in the bubble too at the moment. So I mean, it's just there's some dirty cunning within like that, you know, probably thirty person group. It's and, in uh, the bubble. That's it. <laughs> we need a uh, need a full genital check to see who who was fucking who was teabagging <laughs> <laughs> Nathan when he wasn't looking. Um, hit some tweets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Hogan. Gave us a Twilig haiku. I don't know whether Jason Hogan's been around long enough to know that haikus generally only apply to hiku. Um, it doesn't matter. But we he, are we are pro the arts. He he played for Penrith once, so uh, his Twilig haiku is Yuri of Cleary, copped a knock between the eyes, vision not Cleary. There you go. Uh, at Rick the Warden. Said, why the fuck does Cleary look like a vampire from Buffy? Which is funny because someone who's so against stealing content put that in after I'd put that in a DM that he's a member of. Huh. <laughs> the fucking Napster of Twitter content. Be better. <laughs> ben Mulligan said, hashtag Yeary of motherfucking Cleary, but for real. Ben in Facebook said, Penrith have made me a believer tonight. It truly is the yeary of the motherfucking Cleary. John in Facebook said, it was closer than it needed to be for longer than it needed to be, thanks to goal kicking, but Penrith never really looked in trouble. Genuinely interested to know if Cleary had double vision with his second head because he was whiffing <laughs> those kicks like miscued golf shots. Is that the worst kicking performance of his entire career? Yes. And... And so bad from so many different places. And some of them were like super gettable. It wasn't yeah. like he was kicking everything from the, the posts. Yeah it, yeah. it was beyond the fucking yips. Yeah. yeah. Um, and our good mate Christian Facebook said, the team of the people just keeps giving, showing the Cogra locals what a winning home team looks like. Hashtag Yuri of Cleary. Hashtag Spurton for Burton. Hashtag Dicks Out for Kicks Out. Hashtag Bappy for Appy. There's some incredibly long bows being drawn. <laughs> but look, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get behind Spurton for Burton if he uh, if he finds his way over the over the Spit Bridge one day. Uh, the Melbourne Storm fifty to feed the Warriors six. Uh, the Storm. Let's see the list. Hey, Vooney with a hat trick as good wingers do. So not often we get to trot that one out these days. Uh, Mobarovsky two. Uh, Pappenhausen with a double Brandon Smith and Josh Adokar also tries Cameron Smith 7 of 9 uh, defeating the Warriors 6 tried uh, Patrick Herbert and uh, a conversion to uh, Channel Harris to Vita so a costly game for the Warriors with RCS getting uh, rubbed yeah. out uh, and the, the funny thing about this this game was actually a game for at least 20 minutes so it wasn't it wasn't sort of till late in the, in the, in the half when Melbourne got a lead, and then at the end it was just all just like just you know, at the end they just started avalanching him in the second half. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was actually a game for a while that the scoreline wouldn't necessarily make you. Uh... In in a regular season, and again, I, I want to be serious here for a second with the Warriors, but in a regular season, the teams that come out ahead, especially at this, I guess what you'd consider a midpoint, almost a midpoint, you really start to see who the mentally strong teams are. Yep. And this is the point where it's getting your body in shape every week, running out there, 
knowing that you know you you don't have that adrenaline of the early season anymore you position on the ladder yep starts to to drain on you as well or weigh on you should say and you add to that for these warriors that that they've got the the added woes of being away from home away from their loved ones who knows what's going to happen yada 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 and that sums up at, at some stage they just don't have the fucking capacity to stay in games like they need to and personally i don't blame them yeah they actually had that we we're talking about that you know the, the dead cap sort of bounce that yeah. that happens when a coaching change and the start they're like well fucking here we go but they actually had it all within the space yeah, of one game that's it like, yeah, typical warrior it was like 20 minutes instead of like two weeks or one round of bounce back and then yeah. and then three weeks of backwards it was one quarter of the game up and then th- <laughs> and then three quarters of the game yeah, down exactly um, and rough one for the storm as well with Munster ruled out, who has been probably their their bright spark in a rough season for them as well. Yep. Jerome Hughes is still interesting to me. Like the that first break they had, he almost absolutely fucking bombed that try. Like from the tackle, he got up and went to go left. And it was only Munster screaming at him that everyone was set up on the right. Yeah. That he stopped and came back. It's, yeah. It's just very unstorm-like that in that situation, he didn't have a mental fucking bullet point list of exactly what to do with the first bullet point being look around to see what side of the field your support's on. Like, like when, we, we, when we look at the way that, that Pappenhausen's come on this year, mm. I mean, he's probably not Billy Slater, but he's fucking good. Yeah. Right? Munster. Yeah. Is great. He's 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 up there with you know five eighths that the storm have ever had. Yep. I mean five eighth hasn't really been a position that there's has been one of the ones that they've you know given they've had gone one one seven nine yep. for so many years. Yeah, correct. But Munster's like dominant a dominant half and yeah. in, and in killer you know, killer form. Yeah. I don't rate Hughes at all. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if the storm just go yeah, go go external and shop and and, and snatch up Dearden from the Broncos or someone that's actually mm. yeah a good young half that you know displays potential and try and get him into their system. It yeah it's to fill to fill out that to fill out that yeah that position in the team that's because it. he's one of the, he's the, he's one one guy that just hasn't really lifted. Well, I guess he's not just one guy. You know, you look yeah. at there's there was Croft. Yeah, and you got ja- Jax as there well. Jax. There. Yep. There's him. Yep. So maybe maybe it's tougher to fit into to just being that system half than if your name's not than it Kronk. appears. Yeah, yeah maybe. So, um, but yeah, the the Melbourne Storm just did fucking Melbourne Storm things. Yeah. Next year, Cameron Smith seven. Munster six. I'm a fucking oracle. Harry Grant nine. Yeah, I'm a fucking oracle. I've, pre- I've predicted and, uh, it. And, su- su- the, the, and only for the only reason, for, for only two reasons, and they're both related to each other. One, because Cameron Smith won't fucking die. Correct. And two, Harry Grant is proving he's the next gun yeah. <laughs> booker in the competition. Yeah. And the storm will be fucking mental to let him and- slip through their, their grasp because Cameron Smith... Won't, won't retire. Die. Yeah. And yeah, on that note, Momorovsky was good. He was very good for the storm. Yeah. But it's probably easier to get competent, you know, second rowers or, or fringe edge forwards than it is to get a great hooker. Oh, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah. It's not, it's not even a conversation. No, not it's at all. Not, yeah. 
Hit some tweets. Big T said, My Warriors have really made some bold decisions of late. New coach, those jerseys. Yes, they were very fucking interesting. Uh, at Warriors Suck Bowls on Twitter said, See my Twitter handle. Hashtag Nuff said. Someone at the Warriors hide all the thin, sharp objects in case RTS wants to act on that feeling and stab himself in the dick. <laughs> Talking about the face he was making. <laughs> uh, Super Grover on Twitter said, Fuck yes, the mighty Melbourne Storm just did Storm things this week and everyone's family members are released from the Craig Bellamy vault. Special mentions to Paps Momorowski and the Wombat. Isn't, it, isn't he called the Cheese? I mean, yeah, and we call him superhuman. Yeah. Like, yeah, two fucking viable options, and you've gone with the wombat. The wombat. Fucking And look, I, and like, and, and you say the wombat, and I didn't know that was a nickname for him, but I immediately knew who you're talking about, because it does, it does make, you know, yeah. some sort of yeah. sense, but still. Yeah. Pick and stick. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking doing it for the juggalos and juggalettes. Yeah, whoop, whoop. Fuck this shit. <laughs> Michael in the Facebook group said, Peter Hicku, turnstiling better than Darius and Bryce have all year. Lee in Facebook said, zero satisfaction to take out of that win. Have to feel for the Warriors, to be honest. Generally speaking, I'm unashamedly a pretty big fan of old Craig and his mate Cam, but not sure heading into the Warrior sheds after the game was the best move. Without knowing what was said, it seemed a bit righteous and the new coach didn't look that impressed. That is probably... The only fucking time you get a sensible take from a Storm fan on Storm things. Yes. And on that note, Bethany said, huge improvement on last week. Yes, the Warriors were bad and I do feel for them, but Pappenhausen looks so much better than he has in any other game this year. He's actually passing the ball. Because he passed it for Bunny's first try, Mamalo actually bought the dummy later when Pappy scored his second. I would also like people to just keep these comments of the Storm in mind, in that they've acknowledged that that result came against substandard opposition and I'd like you to contrast that with Tigers fans tweets later in the show (laughs) (laughs) so there's your homework you done? I'm done the Roosters 26 defeat the Dragons 12 at Bankwest the Roosters 26 a hat trick to Brett Morris fucking beamers I tell you I thought I I thought I'd like and by extension his brother but I thought I loved those motherfuckers in like 2016 or whatever. Yeah. But even now, not even playing for <laughs> a team that I even like. Yeah. Still, uh, letters also with a try and Kiri, uh, Flanagan, three of five conversions. The Dragons, 12 came through tries. The Rabalaba and Lomax. Lomax, a conversion and a penalty goal. If there was ever an opportunity for the Dragons, and it is so fucking sad that when they're up against the Roosters outfit mm-hmm. that just keeps fucking biscuiting themselves without remorse. Already down on troops. That they couldn't get it done. And look, the cre- credit to the Dragons in that they were, they were fucking in this game up to their eyeballs for a mm. very long period of time. And it's a credit to the fucking Roosters because I had, I had a multi this weekend. Yeah, they required a rooster, rooster win. Well, I'll tell you, it was... Melbourne, mm-hmm. Roosters. Just straight up wins. Just straight out wins. Yeah. Melbourne, the Roosters, and the Knights. Yeah. And the Roosters were the game that the football gods tried to get to fuck up my multi. <laughs> and the Roosters are good enough to get over that. Yeah, you should have Which, fucking known fucking better, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I should have fucking known better. Um, 
But again, the the well drilled teams yeah. know what to do in those situations. Mm-hmm. They know they're prepared. They know that okay, this is going to be a really shitty eighty minutes, and I'm not going to get as much rest as I normally am. Yep. Oh, let's just fucking get in and do it. Let's get on with it. Yep. And it's that beautiful mix, and it's a credit to their recruiting team of experience and youth across the park. Uh, and yeah, the, the Morris boys are something fucking special. But the where a lot of other clubs would have collapsed, the Roosters just stood solid. Hit some tweets. Cobra Burgers on Twitter. Oh, Cobra Burgers. Is yeah. For the war? I know. Fucking come back with a bang. Simplicity. Joey Manu, better than Latrell Mitchell. Yes. Well, he even, he even was in the Roosters' side last year. Mm. Especially the business end of the season through the finals. Yeah, when he turned into fucking, like, he turned on his final switch. Yeah. <laughs> just beast moded everyone. Uh, Devin Head on Twitter said, One team was brave, oh so brave. The other is coached by a frittata that can't even beat a 15-man squad. I'll let you work out which is which. <laughs> JDHD44 on Twitter said, Jason Saab is 8 foot 10 and I don't think I saw his chicken legs depart the ground once. Would have been better off just putting an actual Saab on one side of the field because maybe Tupu would have tripped over the exhaust pipe <laughs> or something. <laughs> Troy on Facebook said, Manu with the fuck your coach and your club bomb regather and no look flick try assist. That was fucking pretty. Uh, Nigel said, prayers for the roosters, Twill Nation. Put out your ACLs for the boys. <laughs> Hashtag battlers of the comp. Hashtag the people's team. Hashtag roosters knees matter. Oof. Uh, our mate Winston Bunk said, my dragons are showing heart. That is all that counts. No, no sir. No, no. Wins count. The two points count, actually. <laughs> Wins are, they literally count. There is a count of them. It's called the ladder. There is no there's no like wild card entry to the finals for the team that has measurably displayed the most heart <laughs> through the season. Who was the shittest member of Captain Planet's fucking group of kids? <laughs> no the fucking remembers. heart kid. <laughs> I don't I couldn't even tell you what any of those little fucking kids are called. Well, everyone else had useful fucking power. Like one guy shoots fire. The other guy makes fucking mountains. Healings. Whenever, whenever, whenever I think of Captain Planet, I think of that one with like Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. <laughs> uh, tree. Tree, tree. That's like all that comes in my mind. I can't even remember. It's, it's blown the original See, one out. Even them. Yeah. Even them. All the others are using their fucking powers. Yeah. yeah. And the feelings that comes in at the end. Oh, God. Danny in Facebook group said, One would have thought that Jason Saab, after weeks of telling the world how fucking brilliant he is, and if he doesn't get a gig immediately, he'll walk into the starting side of any other club, would have shown us all perhaps just a sliver of his sheer brilliance. But alas, it would seem he is but just a big dumb cunt that likes to beat his own drum. Fantastic. Done. He's the the Saab car of people, of wingers. Yeah. Because uh, unless, you know, no offense intended, of course, to anyone who owns, drives one of those fucking shoes around. <laughs> he is. You're exactly right. Because you see one and you're like, I can't remember. I think I heard somewhere that they used to be awesome. But with him, it was just him well, saying you look that. At you go, it's, it's a, it's a, it, it looks like a, a fucking <laughs> Dunlop volley with wheels. <laughs> Why is that prestige? <laughs> because some cunt pays $100,000 for it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
It's like those fucking Kanye Crocs, those Yeezy Crocs. Fucking hell. <laughs> those foam Yeezys or whatever from last Jesus week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys, 32. Loads of credit. Defeating the Knights, 20. At um, the bedpan up there in North Queensland. The Cowboys, 32. Came through tries to Justin O'Neill, Kyle Felt, um, Hamiso, and who actually played well. This guy, I, I, we'll get into it, but I shat on him last week. Uh, Clifford and Cohen Hess felt five of five conversions and a penalty goal. Um, the Knights, 20 tries to uh, Hoy, Hunt, Mann, and Shibasaki. Ponga, two of four conversions. Well, travel? Was it the travel? <sighs> I just think they, they, they're starting to read the papers again like they did after Origin last year, maybe. Yeah, that's true. The, the just it's it's like they just can't fucking help themselves when they get a bit of a vibe around them, a bit of a buzz, mm. and oh yeah, now okay, they've actually proved that they're the, they have proven they're the real deal. Yeah, and then bah, sorry with the knights. <laughs> yeah, it it just seemed that you're right. They almost went up there expecting it to happen. I know it's cliche, but they'd done enough and they'd had some convincing wins recently and and gotten up in some games that they probably weren't expected to. But they went up there and just looked like they were going through the motions. But the Cowboys, so fast out of the blocks as well. Yeah. And it was just one of those miraculous games where everything they fucking tried in that first, mm. in that first little spe- stretch there, in the first half particularly, yep. it just came off. Yeah. And they looked like fucking geniuses. Yeah. Like the, the passing, the crisp passing... <laughs> In the backline movements yep. and just like the selective passes, just yeah. hitting their targets is unbelievable. It, it's a very interesting contrast in how the Cowboys have responded to pressure than how the Broncos have responded to pressure. Yeah. And it just goes to show again, one of the big studies in sports, and this is a, a study done out of the US. In Harvard, maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> talks about team cohesion as yeah. being this important factor in any uh, high-performing or championship team yeah, and gives a whole bunch of examples on how different successful coaches have nurtured that mm-hmm. through their team. But one of the things that it does point to is that there are quicker turnarounds from poor performance for teams that, for are, teams that are high in cohesion. Yep. Uh, and North Queensland definitely looked a more polished team than they had in the last couple of weeks. And the Knights, you know, they sort of... You know, they didn't really creep that close, did they? I mean, I think they got they they got a, a try immediately after half time and mm. started started looking like that point. But the Cowboys kind of answered that immediately. I think and, uh, again, the, the Knights didn't they didn't get fifty put on them. They didn't get held to nil. You know, they essentially lost by twelve points. Yeah. So you, the fact that they leaked so many points would obviously be a concern for them moving forward. Um. But if, if this game ended up being, you know, sixteen four, yeah, then then it's not as much of a a big deal. But yeah, but it's more the fact that it was like you know twenty four or twenty six nil or yeah, whatever half time, and and it was the fact that they were essentially ambushed hmm. and didn't get themselves together enough quickly enough to stop the game from getting out of reach. Yeah. On uh, Twitter, Little Buffalo said, Do the Knights think it's compulsory to play like shit in those Broncos-looking jerseys? Ha ha. Oh, that's right. They rolled, it, they, they rolled out the high-vis this week, didn't they? They did. That is the dumbest fucking jersey, and the only saving grace for that jersey in this game was that they weren't playing the fucking Tigers yeah. like they've done in the past oh in that jersey. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, blast from the past. 
at Egg Council Creeper said, Ponga, the Cowboys reject is a fucking myth. Mm. Uh, Sharky Dave on the Twitter said, Hey, fellas, I think it's really important you hand out some credit this week. Write down some peeps' throats. A deep crediting. Mm. Jamie in the Facebook group said, Ponga is an overrated coward. Oof. Ross said, God, they are a hard team to follow at times, referring to his beloved Knights. Uh, Matt says, now I remember why we spent so many years battling it out with the Titans for the spoon. Daniel said, in honor of the mining jersey, the most important part of a fly-in, fly-out job is to fly in. We forgot that. Ha, ha, ha. We'll give the last word to Troy. How good is rugby league? We're back. Premiership favoritism has skyrocketed. We've now beaten the Titans and the hype train. Doesn't get much better than that. There you go. If you're going to be happy for anyone, be happy for him because, I mean, he always fronts up and cops yep. it when the, That's <laughs> when it. the Cowboys lose. That's it. Uh, the, the Titans, speaking of Titans, the Titans 30 defeat the, the Broncos 12 at Suncorp. Mm. Um, the uh, Titans had a double to Don. Mm. Uh, Ash Taylor, Lasone, and Sammy also with tries. Ash Taylor, three of five conversions and a couple of penalty goals. The Broncos, 12, came from tries to Ben Teo and Herbie Farnworth, and Farnworth, two of two conversions. Well, talk about an ambush. There was one team yeah. that came out and was definitely up for this one, and one team that looked as if that they had no understanding of the current dire straits that they see their club in. Although in this game, you know, one thing about this game was they, they, the Titans didn't blow them away and they kind of stretched it out towards the end a little bit. Mm. I mean, it, was, it kind of felt like it was a game for the most of it. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't feel like the Broncos were completely out of it until mm. until like, you know, sort of the last 15. But um, there were a couple of times where it was it was apparent, or you know, to me at least, you know, uh, things like the Don try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in games like this where you're really needing everything to go your way to keep yourself in the game mentally, stuff like that just breaks you. Yeah. And and the Titans just did enough right so that they had opportunities like that present to them. Ash Taylor slowly, like it's only incremental steps every week, but he's slowly getting the mojo back. He is, well. but he's also showing week on week why he was in no way deserving of the fucking Rookie of the Year award. Or the, or the million dollar price tag or whatever much they're giving him down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um just little things in the Broncos, you know? Like can can you explain to me the official ruling on challenging on a captain's challenge? Is it ten we, seconds? Is it thirty seconds? It's like ten, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's quick. Yeah, you don't have, yeah. I don't think you, you haven't done it very long. But for Alex Glenn to miss things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and look at, at some you know, if if it's unsighted to you and you can't and and the channel nine or whoever or the ground, you know, where they they don't oblige you by very quickly showing a slow motion replay of what yeah, happened yeah and the, and the other thing is it's because it's, it's quite a new thing there are some players who you see jump up from something happens and they jump up immediately like oh i didn't God, do how it could you i didn't do it you've yeah. got to challenge that shit yeah the thing is <coughs> i don't excuse me i think in many cases i i don't think there are players that it's like when players jump up celebrating the scoring of the try and they clearly yeah. drop the fucking ball. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like whether they actually believe it or they're trying to sell it or they just don't know any better. Which is it's a, a not, part and of If you game. don't see it as the captain yourself and yeah. go, holy fuck, that was egregious. Mm. It's a massive leap of faith to actually go, go based on the yeah. reaction or, the, yeah. or the, the demands of a player on your side. Here's the thing. I challenge anyone 
to jump up in the air, mm-hmm. right? Try and catch a football. Contested against somebody have, else. Yeah, have three other blokes yeah. jumping and knocking different parts of your body mm-hmm. and then get to the ground and have someone ask you, did you touch the ball? Yeah, who who or how many uh, how many of the eight arms that yeah. are in the mix there? That's it. How many touched it? That's it. Yeah. So, um, but it was especially stuff like when Don scored his try, they had a man in the bin. That's heartbreaking. Like it's bad enough if you can't take advantage of an extra yeah. man and put more points on. Yeah. But to have them score against you in that situation, yeah. it's the ultimate. And you know the only thing that makes that better? It was just before half time. Geez, wouldn't it be nice if they went in and there was a coach in there that had a good rapport with his dressing room and knew exactly what to say? Uh, yeah. No, nah, they didn't have that either. So Now, I saw a thing today saying Anthony Don, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe 2018, had a big money offer mm-hmm. from the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And he wanted, and he's a, a loyal Gold Coast Titans player. Mm-hmm. And wants to be a one, one you know, club one, man. One club man, and so now he's trying. He's going to accept basically fucking nothing, like scale, to get a one to get a one more one more year out of them. I heard. I remember again. I, I don't know if this was, um, you know, reliable or not, but that he actually took a pay cut to stay at the Titans. Yeah. I'm not sure if he actually if he took a cut or if it was just what he re-signed on for was significantly and, less than what was being offered by the Tigers. And I always thought that that just showed what an absolute fucking stalwart of the club that he was. That's new information to me, though, that the big money offer was from the Tigers because that would be like me being offered an extra 150 grand a year to go and work in fucking an open-air office in Syria. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's more money. Yeah, yeah but, but you know, conditions are, yeah, are important. Yeah. So that actually means nothing and gives no further insight into his personality because all he did was just avoid going to the biggest dump to fi- dumpster fire of the NRL era. Just saw an interesting story past this. <laughs> you can go on the tweets if you want. It's an, interesting, right. an interesting story just crossed my desk. Ooh. We'll give first word on this one to long-suffering Titans fan Hammers on Twitter. And this is all caps too. Suck my dick from the back, you shit cunt arrogant fucks. I hope all your kids grow up with tiny penises, especially the girls. Uh, JR underscore buff said, This Darius Boyd farewell LLLLL tour has been great. Where do I get a t shirt? Fuck, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only problem is, I mean, you need to have, uh, you need to, to have the, the screen print, you need to have like a, a white rectangle that extends past where it's at so people can sharpie their own L's, L's. Like they can keep adding them as yeah. required, yeah. Uh, JDHD44 said, watching the Titans run through the Broncos with 11 men on the field because Seabold doesn't know how to run an interchange is chicken soup for the rugby league soul. That is very true, sir. And that was fucking... <laughs> oh, look, maybe we shouldn't pile on the cunt. He didn't know what to do. He was just throwing shit out there. Uh, Jason in the Facebook group said, it'd be more comfortable putting an umbrella up my dick hole and opening it than being a Broncos fan at the moment. Here, here. Nathan in the Facebook group said, Broncos, please score. I need to stop coming. (laughs) (laughs) 
Michael said the Broncos have no fucking idea out there. When Fluffy is your best defender, your team is fucked. And I'll tell you what, like you know, hasn't been effective all the time, but obviously putting in a bit more. Light a candle there, Broncos. That's probably the <laughs> saddest thing I can say to you. Uh, Tom, Aldi Tom Brady, said, very dark day to be a Broncos supporter. I'd love to light a candle, but I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. Mm. And Toto said, I'm so fucking angry at the performance. Just got to woosa and enjoy the rest of the holidays. Honestly, Broncos fans, like we're, we're obviously delighting in this situation in which you find yourselves. And, you know, the NRL, general NRL supporter world yes. is, all you've got to do is you go, look, you know, we, we've we only been around as a club for, you know, 30, 30 and a touch years. Mm. And we've got like six fucking premierships. Yeah. Some teams have been around for, for twice or thrice that and not even got anywhere yeah, near that many exactly. premierships. Um, just think of, think of the legacy. Think of the good times. This is just your time. This is your turn. Yeah. And you'll probably fucking turn it around anyway and scrape in like you did last year and get flogged by 50 in the finals. <coughs> um, where are we? Oh, yeah, the Eels, 25, to feed the Raiders, 24 at Bankwest. Uh, the Eels tries to uh, Madison Stone, Jennings, uh, Sivo, Gutherson, two conversions. Moses, one. Uh, penalty goal to Gutherson and the uh, decisive field goal to Gutherson. The Raiders, 24, tries to uh, Josh Papali, uh, Whitehead, and a double to Charles Nickel Clockstad. Uh, and Croker, four four conversions, and they couldn't get it done in Golden Point. Yeah, Canberra, look, this is a much more exciting game on paper at the end in the last, you know, eight or whatever, you know, 15 minutes yeah. than it had any right to be. Yeah. Because it was looking like, for all money, another, just another... L on the decline yes. tour of the Raiders and yeah. how, how quickly that fucking window was shutting tour. Yeah. And the, the Eels sort of had them in fairly well in hand. Yep. And it was just, you know, all fucking care thrown to the wind and yep. shit coming off. Yep. That got them back there at the end to, to really give it a grandstand but, finish. But especially from the even just the beginning of the year, like pre-break, like that fucking yeah. Williams kid was out. Yeah, like running yeah. and gunning, it was fantastic. It, yeah. The Raiders, as a team, look—they look a little bit rudderless. Like you've got yeah. guys there that are just pure fucking talent. Like Whiten, yep, is an amazing fucking running. Yep, number six. They've got strike power out wide. Nickel Clogstad had an absolute season to remember last year. They just look confused as to why it's not clicking for them. And if there's one thing that Ricky's always been able to do, you know, he's always been fairly frank and good at speaking about it. He's coming out and saying, this didn't work. This is what we're working on. And then you can actually see them progressively yeah. fixing it on the field. I haven't seen any little areas of improvement so much from the Raiders. Um, tough for them as well, obviously losing troops. Do you want to talk about your your good friend, uh, Copper Cab, and his fucking brain snap? Oh. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually forgotten about it. I mean, we were talking about it before we recorded, but look, I mean, he's, he's now he's now potentially out for the season now with a uh, Liz Frank mm. injury, and uh, so so I feel the guy in that respect. But you can't let yourself. I, I, I people trying to frame this shit as like a mental health thing. It's nothing to do with that. This was a heat of the moment situation on the field. 
where who was it? it was Madison and who was the other one in there for for the Eels? Yeah, just, yeah, it was just yeah, just it was just shit cunnery from those guys. And then he's popped up taking exception to it, and he's just been like, "But really, was it though? Like his ankle got <laughs> caught under a body." Yeah, but he's very, you know looking at it from his perspective. He's like, they're trying to, you know, they've they've tried to do this and you know fuck me over, and so he's got up and he just got so so angry he couldn't express himself. So he starts. <laughs> well, he could because he managed to get out. I'll fucking smash you. Yeah. yeah. But uh, obviously that that his his emotions were several several magnitudes more intense yeah. <laughs> than what he could enunciate through the, through the power of words. That is correct. <laughs> and so, so yeah, then we get the iconic picture of him, you know, with the you know, you're saying like I'll fucking smash you, but where it was more like I'll fucking smash you. <laughs> it was more of that one, you know. <laughs> and uh, and look, he's and the thing is, he's like a, he's a cheap shot, like tough guy kind of fucking you know, want to be merchant as well. Yeah. I mean, just just rewind last week against the Manly game where he was trying when when we had the injuries early on, and he said, and so immediately he was trying to fuck jet ski over, and you know, yep. and, and blindside him and all this sort of stuff. So. If you're that sort of player, that sort of shit's going to come back, and yeah, and boy oh boy, next time he's on the field, <laughs> he's going to fuck it. Now, now he's just opened up an attack vector on himself for the niggle that he's just going. Yeah. He's that he's going to have to deal with for the near future, you know, if not the rest of his days. Yeah, he he's basically put a target on his head. Yeah. You know, he's, and- he's given something like I'm, I'm sure, like you know, to this day, I'm sure Mitchell Pierce, he's you know, he shits about dogs and yeah. you know, like whatever, you know. Well, that you know, Nathan Cleary got fucking trolled by the the ground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. playing at, and the fans are calling out TikTok yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. So, and and especially when when if you react like that, yeah. But the, the, the point is, you've shown that they've gotten to you, yeah, in a big way, yeah. and then you've lost, yeah. And this is not, and this isn't like a, it's not a mental health thing. It's not like he's been suffering from depression, and they were on top of him, you know, saying "fucking kill yourself" or something, you know, like yeah, it wasn't, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't like they were, they weren't, he, they weren't hitting him below the belt or anything, like. And I th- look, I'd, I'd looked at it. And I thought, oh, okay, was there a twist in there? Is that what he took exception to? No. I thought that's like that. That's where that's where it started. Like he then took exception to it. it, and his ankle got caught again under a body. Yeah, I don't think they and did then anything. Maybe intentionally. the worst thing was like you know you see it plenty of times. Some, yeah. Somebody screams out at a certain intensity or level. Yeah, and you see the tackler let go. Yeah, I thought that what he'd ended up taking exception to was the fact that they didn't that they kept trying to go on with. It looked the like I kind of hump. To me, I just they were just they were kind of humping him a bit. Yeah, that's it. Which, which again, it, it's a it's a shitty thing to do. But you don't know the guy's injured or anything either. Though. I mean, like I'm not going to say they knew well, unless he's on. screaming out my ankle, my ankle, or my leg, my leg, my leg. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah, he's got a fucking target on him. Yeah. From every team, and there are some legitimate fucking. Hu- I can't wait. Absolute germs for James Fisher Harris to go at him because yeah. he'll go at him as in, well, I'm a legitimate fucking hard man. <laughs> so let's see how legitimate yeah. your hard manness is. Yeah, not yeah. very, if any. <laughs> yeah, and Kurt, the Curtis Scott experiment. Wow, I mean, I've often, mm. I've often talked about you know, manly letting players go and you know at the right time and things like that. The storm. They've had to lose players in more of the prime of their life, I think, just through salary cap constraints. Yeah. But Curtis Scott's going to be one where they look back on it and go, wow, 
We yeah. fucking we absolutely nailed the timing of that to the to the absolute minute. Yeah. Of getting rid of him off our books. Yeah. Because fucking how many tries came through him? Not this game, this season. Like just he is like a the ultimate because def- remember yeah. Canberra the whole they, they built on like they, they, they built solid- their, they built their premiership campaign last year mm. a grand final campaign on a tremendous defense and ceasing the choking yeah that was that was how what they what they built it on and this year I mean like the choking's not a thing they're not in the games at that time of the game to even fucking choke really and this you certainly couldn't count as that I mean. But the defense now is just so much softer, and I mean, you would you wouldn't think it would be such an issue when you're swapping Curtis Scott out for BJ. Yeah, but fucking oath it is. And the other part of that riddle is, you know, BJ for all of his fucking faults, and I'll get to this later on. Obviously, seems to be the fucking linchpin in any uh, you know team that he's in. Because old Rapiner is a yeah. fucking shadow yeah. of his former self. And I know it's tougher playing outside somebody that you don't really know, you don't have any gel with. Yeah. But but who, even he's who isn't throwing stupid passes at you like Yeah. <laughs> like when he's getting in there doing that that usual Rapiner stuff where he'll yeah. come in looking for carries and, yeah. and try and encroach on a tired defense. He's getting the ball stripped from him and then doing dumb stuff afterwards. He's yeah, nowhere near as effective as he was. Tweets. First one. We've got Matt. The Facebook group said, Just a thought. Video ref calls knock-ons, but not forward passes, despite both actions been a decision on which way the ball leaves the hand. Also, Campbell Gillard is playing himself back into an origin jumper. Scott's shit plays in correlation with when he got that shit haircut. I think Scott has always been a shit cunt. It was just better hidden. Mm-hmm. RCG is not playing himself back into an origin jersey. Um, there's too many in front of him. And I think origin is more than the league going to require absolute fucking beasts who constantly get quick play of the balls, and that's not RCG. Terry said, Canberra were so brave. John in the Facebook group said, one of us played the Premiers last week. One of us tanked to a three-person manly squad like the NFL draft day was approaching. One of us is in the Premiership contender category and one of us no longer are, making golden point off the back of a blatant forward pass and still losing despite our best player wrapped up on ice on the sidelines. I'd storm off crying like a girl too. Bow down to our pineapple head king and keep looking up, peasants. Well, there you go. Uh, and Tristan said, the last episode might have made me sensitive to this, but I think the odds of Gutherson taking the title of most hated once Smith retires get shorter and shorter each time the commentators call him king. Para fans can call him whatever the fuck they want from anyone else. It's nauseatingly grating. Correct. I yeah, but I mean that is that is grating, but it doesn't make me hate the guy particularly. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a difference. There's a difference between Captain Cunthox making a cunt of himself over you know a decade and a half of a playing career, mm. where he's you know innovated the use of fucking you know choke holds and joint locks and all this sort of stuff to to injure and you know gain advantage over other players. 
versus the guy that's just doing his thing and the commentators are ejaculating over him. Mm. So, exactly. I don't hate the guy. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think. I think there's going to be plenty more hateable people. Oh, once Cameron Smith's yeah. gone, there's there's plenty. There's going to be people out there. Oh yeah. Fucking Corey Horsberg. Yeah, exactly. That's for one. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh god, you know. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Does he come? Oh god, how do you come back from that? I don't know. How do you come back? I don't know, but I said last week, I said, I wish Hudson Young would come and go- gouge my fucking eyes out so I didn't have to look at that ugly red-headed pig monster again. <laughs> and let me tell you, it he, like him with his crying face, 100 times fucking magnitude worse. <laughs> <laughs> just, just disgusting. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather fucking lick Nathan Cleary's fucking forehead. <laughs> Look at that cut. <laughs> uh, are you done with the tweets? Yep. The Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 40 defeat the Mighty Manly Seagulls 22 at Central Coast Stadium. The uh, Sharkies had uh, double to Katoa. Um, Hamlin, Ueli, Ramian, Dugan, and Goodwin, oh, and Blake Braley with tries. Johnson, six of seven conversions. Manly's 22 came from a double to Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, try to George Tafua and Tavita Funa. Garrick, two of four conversions and a penalty goal. You can have your say on this one in the interest of time. All right. first, well, first, first things first, I'll give credit to the Sharkies. I mean, they, they played uh, they played very well. Um, you know, you can only play who you're up against. But I think that this was a, a, a failed experimental fucking week from Desi. And I don't know why, because it's a shortened season. You could probably should should value every point as highly because, you know, just if you're dropping games, I mean, it's just, you know, you need your two points to make sure you get into the finals. But... Just the weird fucking after Brendan Elliott last year was an absolute king at fullback, and like he's he's not he's not he's not brilliant, but he's safe as fuck. He's as safe as any fullback. I mean, mm. like he'll take the high balls. Yeah. He's in position when shit happens. He cleans up yeah. shit in the end goal. I mean, you, he does everything you want. So then for like a last minute, well, I mean, last minute in terms of the team sheet, you know, switch around and putting Garrick at fullback. I just don't quite understand why because you had Suli out already, and so then you had Garrick on the wing, so. To weaken, not not to weaken, but to to put an unknown quantity into fullback, and then put two unknown quantities, an unknown combination on the on the left hand defensive side, right hand attacking side of the field. It just seems fucking crazy, like to weaken two areas when you really only had to just do a you know just put Elliot straight in and you know mm. go you know go from there. If only you had a sexy good bloke as attacking coach. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we were even talking about uh, about Penrith. The one thing I was saying is not there yet is the attack. It's the rest. Everything else is working great. So, so maybe if Ivan took care of everything, maybe you'd be scoring forty points a game. You never know. And then the thing, maybe that's it. Maybe Trent needs to spend more time on football attack and not getting fucking Nathan to attack the poon. <laughs> but and and then the the net result, the net result of the of you know having two players that have never played in that position on the field for Manly before, in that is five tries on that. In just through those two guys, yeah, and I mean, considering the the margin was only two legitimate tries, because holy fuck, that last try, who fucking scored it? Was it Braley? That bullshit when Wade Graham fucking tackled <laughs> Curtis Sirenen when he was going to get when he would have clearly. Got, I mean, that's if that had have been us attacking, Curtis Sirenen would have been awarded a penalty try. Yeah, but <laughs> but in defence, they go, oh no, no, just fine, let it through. But look, honestly. Uh, given the, the 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 challenges of the reshuffle, I mean, they scored points, plenty of points, easily. Twenty two points is enough to win any game. It was just the defense was fucking atrocious, and just the attitude in general. And I feel like it wasn't a short turnaround game, but it was 
it was like a short turnaround game. Like I hear that because of the the Canberra game the week before where they had to play like, you know, half the game with, you know, three less guys and like the whole mm. game with two less guys. Mm. Um, they didn't train until Wednesday. So I feel there was just that general sort of fl- the attitude and flatness that you get after like a short turnaround game that contributed a, you know, a lot to it as well. But, um, you know, credit, I give full credit to the Sharkies. And, um, but let's hope that Desi has finished his fucking experimental thing. Just put Big Dick Elliott in fullback, mate. You got Suli back this week. So then that way, that side, that Garrick and Suli on that side is restored to its normal combination. And basically, it's only just the fullback position you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'll, 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 we shall see because I do like the look of Funa. I mean, he had one of those, he's proven that he's a finisher now. I mean, he had one of those tries where. He's had to leap from five meters out, and he gets launched out over the sideline from five meters out, and finds just a way to go, go gadget glide, arms, yeah, that, glide through the air yeah. and just sort of put it in the corner and everything. Yep. So, I mean, he's he's definitely you know a, a player of the future for the the wing or the center position, but um, yeah, we shall see. I mean, and the fuck, the only other thing I'll say this game is, and look, I'm not giving anyone anything. <coughs> I understand. I'm not fucking reinventing the wheel here by saying this. Fuck Braith and Ass is a dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> The one game that I will always watch with commentary on is the fucking Manly game. And that dumb cunt <laughs> said at halftime or in the, course of to- in the course of the commentary of the game, the team as named, the 17 for Manly, yeah. was Brendan Elliott in the one, yep. Garrick in the two, and, you yep. know, and so on, right? And Funer, or, or yeah, and then, no, sorry, yeah, and then so then, then when they ran Garrick as fullback and Elliott in the, in the centres, he actually said, oh, you know, these late changes for... Like, Jesus Christ. They don't... F- <laughs> I'm sure that Desi didn't just fucking spring it on them as they were yeah. about to try. <laughs> it, it, it's the one thing. I've said it before. I've had to put the volume back on yeah. just for the six again calls. Just yeah. to know when they're coming because it's you actually get the sound from the ref before... Yep. Yep. You get the visual. For the, it, it takes quite a while for the thing to go. go. That's it. What I usually watch for when, I, when I'm not watching on the, um, when I'm not listening to it, sorry, um, you, you just sort of, because they have the tackle count up there or yeah. like high sense or whatever. And then when you see that retract in, you know it's coming back out. Yeah, again. that's but, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, fuck, Braith and Asta is just. <laughs> what a punish. Yeah. But on the tweets, Simon. In the Facebook group said, for some reason, I don't feel as angry as I should with Manly losing. Titans butt-fucking the Broncos have taken the edge off and left me glowing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Sharky Dave said, Manly lost Turbo but bought in a new player who bought a whistle and tried his hardest to give Manly the game. But the good guys <laughs> overcame all the adversity and came home with a great result. <laughs> <laughs> After you fucking got about fucking 606 against nil... Fuck out of here. <laughs> James said, Moylan and Townsend made it look like capable footy players rather than handicapable ESL cunts. This is fucking unacceptable. Isaac on Twitter said, ah, good stats. And he sent in a visual about the Sea Eagles for the past two seasons with effort face and without effort face. Yeah, unfortunately, that stat, I had a look at that. I did see that, but um, and I would have brought it up and given it some clearance except for the fact that we've about six of the fucking games last year, there was no Cherry Evans 
and there was no Walker for about five of them. And so those. those so what ones, you're saying is that he's not your club man to build a team around. He needs a supporting cast with him. Well, what I'm saying is, mm. it's like they're not just like it's not just oh without Turbo. I mean those game, the ones last year especially were without a number of players. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. I'm but saying. it's just the fact that it's just the way it's just him. it's just the manip- it's just the manipulating manipulating statistics to try and it prove is, an agenda because they're saying that your win percentage with him or sorry without him is actually thirty five point seven percent. Whereas in 2020, it's 0%. So can only get better. Uh, Mitch in the Facebook group said, after a few tipsy-topsy upsets this round, it's refreshing to see the better team win. To be completely frank, the scoreline flatters those merge merchants manly. It was a complete demolition job until Cronulla took mercy on their opponents and quite rightly put the cue back in the rack. It beggars belief that the Canberra Raiders had so much trouble with this toothless side last week. Oh, well, they have the luxury of racking up experience before being eviscerated by this side in round 20. It should go without saying that the standout performances were by the Sharks' usual suspects, Moylan, Townsend, Johnson, Dugan and Woods, all stepped up in a game that, in all honesty, I wouldn't have blamed Morris for resting them in. I know it's a gimme for the Sharks, but I'm still proud of them. I'm also worried that the easily triggered Merge Eagle fans will be too quick to throw the coach and captain in the scrap heap. Get behind your boys. There's still a couple of winnable games for you this season. Oh, can I actually just say one more, one more thing? I forgot. Yes. About this game. Um, we have like the the Steve the Steve Rogers Cup that you know that is applied to like Manly versus Sharks games each year. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I hope the Sharkies can find a good place to hang that award. Just let it sit. Mm. It'll land. Mm. It'll land with mm. others. Mm. <laughs> It'll land where it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and the final word on this one goes to OG Ben in Facebook says, Volandis needs to bring in a new rule. If your team makes Chad Townsend look world-class, you should immediately fold and remove from the record books due to fraudulent existence. Chad Townsend didn't look great. It was, it was all Moylan and Sean Johnson, though. And well, Katoa. Yeah. That's it. These people just want... They, they, they just, it's like they want to suck Chad's dick. Mm. And so they're just trying to find any excuse to do it. You don't have Correct. to have an excuse, guys. Just jump on. <laughs> <laughs> just chow down. Um, the Tigers 34 defeat the Bulldogs 6 at Bankwest. Uh, the Tigers tries to Harry Grant, a double to Talau. Um, BJ Leilua, a double to Nofaluma. And uh, Dewey with tries, Umbai, four of seven conversions. And uh, the Doggies uh, try to Remus Smith and a conversion to Jake Avarillo. Excuse me. The game pretty much went as expected. The the dogs get in and, and have their world absolutely fucking crushed by having their best player crippled within the first couple of minutes. You know, they, they looked at a different team, especially in defense, with Hoju at, uh, at fullback. But the football gods came in and fucking took him off their hands. Um, the Tigers put in probably the the most complete performance that I've seen from them this year, albeit against you know, very understrength opposition. But it was interesting to see them get a run where they had a little bit of uninterrupted play time. Um, I, t- to be frank, I didn't think Reynolds would have the impact that he has. And whether it's just he's his had, energy... I, I, you know what? The impact, I regrettably, uh, I've been looking into the... Because you know, we, you know, we love Benji. And I have been, I have been, you know, watching 
I went through and watched the fucking the extended highlights of every game mm. this season, mm. and his defense was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, like I, I I will concede that in retrospect, and I think you know what that's what Reynolds brings to the team. Just that mm-hmm. he doesn't let fucking tries in. Yep, that's and and I guess if he, that's all he does, then I, I guess it's you know kind of. It allow it allows you know Brooks and and Harry Grant to do things yeah, and, to do what they're doing, yeah. and that's the thing. You know, Benji was obviously instrumental in most of their tries for the beginning of the year. But if they've got a solution that stops them leaking, yeah, you know, whilst whilst allowing the freedom of other players to create, then that's that's the option you go with. And I how guess. dare I mean, how dare Madge try and take the Tigers away from? their historical fucking birthright and legacy, which is to let in 30 points and score 32. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> How fucking dare he? That is correct. Uh, Shabugan on Twitter said, is Mbai the new Gandalf? He does not like passing, does he? Uh, proud Bulldogs fan, GT351 underscore John says, I preferred the time earlier in the year when the NRL was not on. I didn't miss the NRL and I certainly didn't miss the shithouse efforts. Everyone that disgraced the blue and white jersey tonight, give yourselves an uppercut. Bring COVID-19 back now to end the shit season. Uh, the Real Ince Robbo says, six is just an upside down nine, but I'll take it. Jason Hogan on Twitter. Interesting stat, this one. He said, it's never good when your fullback, who only lasts five minutes, has more running meters than your hooker. I know Marshall King spent some time in the centers, but it's not good enough. It's fucking not. Uh, Super Grover said, Holland couldn't catch the Rona on the Ruby Princess. Terry said, why is Adam Elliott the best option for a dog's attacking kick on the last tackle? Fucking disgraceful to lose like this. The whole side can just fuck off. Oof. It it did seem that the dogs did enough that... You know, well, you can forgive them because they're, they're a side lacking on talent. If they're just yeah. all going out there and busting their ass, but they are just not as talented as the players they're playing against, you can forgive them for being overrun. But yeah, when they're doing dumb shit like that all night. They were in the first half, they were in this game for quite a long time. Yeah. And then that's and that's where they hit that talent ceiling and they just like, it's just effort, effort. Um, you know, they work the field position, can't convert yep. into anything. And eventually they just fall away. Yeah, that's it. Um, now, we're going to start getting into some of these Tigers tweets. And I'd just like you to contrast these, as I said before. With Yeah. So, the uh, first one goes to Real Dad. It says, I've never been one of these talk-your-team-up types. <laughs> just happy to see some fine young men enjoying their time in front of some cardboard cutouts. That's as chirpy as you deserve to get after yeah. beating the Bulldogs. Yeah. So, Stuart said, uh, I can't even make jokes about that game. That was, after the first try at least, the most controlled, pressure-building performance I can recall seeing from the Tigers. There's been chopping and changing and noises from Madge about what he wants to see improved, but if this is what all the pieces falling into place look like, I'm watching. I know it was the Bulldogs, but you've got to respect your opposition and play the game properly, and that they did. The final one will give the OG One-Eyed Tiger. Finally, the boys played for 80 minutes. Madge would be proud of that effort in D. Big challenge next week against Penrith, but we'll take confidence from that win. Enjoy your week on the bottom of the table with those Mars bars, doggies. 
<laughs> that should translate into that was a hardly opposed training run. Imagine being, imagine like the pride being because you finally played an eighty-minute game of football. Yeah, it just goes to show that the 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 years the years of, and how the standard and the bar has been lowered. Lift these these, these these twenty twenty Tigers are going to be the greatest Tigers team in the history of the franchise oh. by the end of the season. Yeah, when they finished like ninth. <laughs> Because they're gonna, you know, because the, the KPIs are play for eighty minutes a couple of times, fucking correct, <laughs> Harry. Yeah, and then and then at the end of it all, they're gonna be, oh my god, we build amazingly. What a yeah. fucking great season. See you, Hazard. <laughs> Back to Melbourne, you go. Oh fucking Billy Walters. Oh well, there's another year out development when any of these shit comes we're actually left with. <laughs> yes, I just don't want to see you get crushed, Tigers fans. Because it's coming. What a segue. Right, okay, previews. Melbourne Storm versus Roosters uh, Thursday night at Suncorp Stadium. Fucking we should go to that one, hey? See some quality football in Brisbane. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so Munster's out for a, a good couple of weeks. So Riley Jacks comes in with Hughes in the halves and uh, Cooper Johns comes into the reserves. The Roosters. Okay, so we've got Jake Friend coming back to hooker. Verrills, unfortunately, he's gone. Mm. Radley, gone. Mm. Uh, Nat Butcher comes in. He's a, he's a, he's a very capable replacement. Uh, Teddy's back at fullback. Yep. So that moves Manu to centre. Jamos returns to centre. And uh, look, I think yeah, okay. I just solely based on the fact that I just don't think that Riley Jackson Hughes can do a goddamn thing against yeah. against what is an injury hit, but just uh, you know, it's just an incredible yeah, demonstration yeah, of the in it's a, a, dem- a demonstration of the depth they possess. Yeah, that's when it. they can lose some great players. And replace them with Jake Friend and Nat Butcher. Yeah. So, Teddy back. Otherwise, you know, settled settled Roosters side that's in good form, that's in winning form. And like a hit out against the Warriors is not the, is not the lead up to, to this sort of game. I, I don't think it'll be especially heavy heavy defeat to the Storm because they do have that ability, just the, the DNA in the club to hang in there. But I think that the Roosters will win comfortably. Yes. The Raiders take on the Dragons at GIO. Canberra in Canberra. Oh, I forget. Yeah, because this round is the round where home games Everyone's become home games home. again. Yep. Yeah. Except okay. for Ex- filthy Victorians. Oh, can we just take a moment to say how fucking disappointing and and filthy fucking Victoria is? You are the Nathan Cleary's forehead of Australia. Exactly. And not for the good reasons that he's his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's like it's the, the the anger that I feel towards the state of Victoria at the moment, and their and their bad eating fucking habits that they're displaying mm. at the moment, is that it's jeopardising the travel to the meetup at the end of October for members. If yeah. they don't pull their fucking shit together Correct. real quick, yeah, they're gonna it's gonna unless unless the members are super committed and they fucking do like fourteen days. 
boy, they come up two weeks earlier and then get released from quarantine the day before the meetups. <laughs> but I mean, like, I'm not going to tell anybody to do that because that's a that's a that's a crazy level of. Uh... Anyway, back to the task at hand. Um, the Raiders are a cunt circus at the moment. Um, Curtis Scott's been benched, which you know, is just great. But I mean, like having him in 14, you don't need a center as a utility. So I would hope he'd drop the fuck out by the time they get to the the, the 17, an hour before kickoff. Oldie to start in the center, ever reliable Michael Oldfield. And uh, Tuppen is back and he's a great replacement for Horsberg and um, no more tears. And Simonson comes back into the side uh, now that uh, Rappin is out. I think Canberra instantly better without Curtis Scott if he doesn't get pushed into the into the centres in future yes. cuts. Correct. I think you know current form. I think Simonson's a better option than Rappiner. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure about Oldfield in the centres. I'd almost you know be inclined to switch him out with Kotrick and uh, and just swap him around. But um, otherwise, you know, the Canberra squad it's about as good as it's going to get at this time. Dragons they've had no change. And surely, Canberra and Canberra in the month of July, surely. Yeah. Surely, right? The Dragons have been improving. You know, some yeah. continuity and some stability in their roster and where they're fucking playing. Yeah, not just swapping fucking players out willy-nilly every yeah. week after a loss. Well, yeah, midway through a fucking game. Yeah. Uh, and that that's paid some dividends. I think Canberra's ceiling is much higher than the Dragons. Maybe this Bateman saga being done and dusted with gives them some closure. I don't know how much that was affecting them. Uh, but now I'm going to tip Canberra here. The Eels take on the Cowboys. And uh, this is the late Friday game. Mm-hmm. Bankwest Stadium. Yes. So no change for them? Nope. Jyfield comes in for the... Injured Mitchell Moses. David Gow replaces Alvaro. Mm-hmm. Val Holmes is reserved for the Cowboys. May come back in. Uh, Opacek comes into centre. Justin O'Neill on the wing. It's tough, eh? I mean, like, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to overstate the importance of Mitchell Moses in in the Eels side. I mean, when they weren't playing great or weren't doing anything particularly spectacular, they were still winning because he could find the grass and kick to the corners yep. and they could follow it up with a good chase and they could just he, control the he, fucking he was territorial doing, battle in a game. He was doing, and in hindsight, almost a, a Thurston-like performance, not in skill or impact or anything. He's not at that level just yet, but in that thing of, I'll put the ball where it needs to be and I will lead the fucking chase down there and mm-hmm. scream at any cunt who doesn't follow me yep. to hurry up. And that goes a long way, you know, over the course of a game. Can't go past the Eels at Bankwest. Correct. I mean, Cowboys it was great. It was great to see him smash the Knights last week, but two weeks yeah, in a row. Yeah. Ish. Titans versus the Sharks at Hope Solo Coliseum. Dale Copley's out. Tyrone Peachy starts in the centres. Bryce Cartwright to the bench. Sharkies uh, for Feeder and Hamlin Ueli swap back again. Whether you know they'll probably swap back on game day. Uh, look, I, you can't go past the Sharks. I mean, the Titans. Not to the same extent the dragons have, but they've shown they've shown imp- improvement. I think. Yes. But again, too much strike power for them to deal with. Yep. And there's only so many intercept tries that Don can score over the course of a season. Sharks to win. Warriors take on the Broncos at Central Coast Stadium. 
So Tuvasashek, uh, he's gone. Fusatua mm. returns to the wing. Yep. Herbert to the centers. Wade Egan's back, which mm-hmm. is a plus for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanoa Brown and Parsi return to the starting side. Has Hetherington been named? He is straight onto the bench in number 15. Yep. So they're going to throw him straight in there. Well, there you go. The Broncos are going to get 47 penalties. <laughs> and potentially have a man advantage at several 10-minute periods through the game. <laughs> yes. Um, so Oates has been dropped. That was the big news from the Broncos camp this week. Yeah, interesting. And there was some weird fuckery going on with Darius Boyd. Like, he came out to training when he was strapping the boots on and he was wearing, like, the, the high-vis, like, reserve groups, yeah. you know, designator. And then he went back in, you know, got changed and then ultimately didn't. And he's been named in four. Like, um, you know, Oates obviously had his sin bidding, but... It's just such a weird trajectory for him because he's always been that fucking Broncos player that could make anything happen. Yeah. And invariably from like a kick return or something yeah. like that. And then yeah, he, he there was the talk of him moving into, you know, into a back rower position. Which he he'd, a, he he'd always asked Wayne yeah, to do always, and Wayne always said no. Yeah, and he had his crack at that. And uh, by the end of that game, that was the Manly game. And by the end of that game, he was out on the wing again. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's just... If, if I'm dumping players, it's not the one that is so frustrated with the performance of the team that he's being binned for dissent. Yeah. Like, that's out of character. Yeah. Corey Oates is not a ref abuser. No. You know? Uh, yeah, interesting. Osako comes back in. Flegler comes back from suspension. And Milford's still there. And Milford's still there. Hmm. Look... It's really hard to recommend the Warriors, though. I mean, the internal ructions they have, you know, this talk of three players potentially wanting to pull the pin and go back. I mean, it's, it's disruptive shit. Yeah. I want to believe that the Broncos can get six losses in a row. I want to believe it. <laughs> I, I tell you, uh, I've got enough kids. I'll even fucking dedicate a nut to the cause if, it, if that's what it takes. <laughs> but... <laughs> I will try and impregnate a tender veggie. <laughs> and you know what? I'll, I'll name my illegitimate child Fuss. <laughs> uh, Warriors 13 plus. <laughs> <laughs> the West Tigers take on the Penrith Panthers at Bankwest Stadium. The uh, There are no changes to the 17 for the Tigers. Um, Russell Packer is back from suspension in the 21. Uh, Panthers... Mansour replaces Naden, who then drops to outside of the 17. So, mm. surely Penrith. I mean, you have to tip that. You, you have to go Penrith. I mean, you've got to look at the. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm not a believer of the West Tigers yet, to be perfectly honest. I, I, and also, I'm not a believer in this, you know, Leilua Nofaluma business either. I still believe that there is incredible fucking opportunity. To go at them all Especially when they, uh, they they land on the same exact position where where Kikau is going to be trying to fucking kick out Crichton from five, five yeah, metres out. That's it. Although, and see, here's my thing. I Like, I'm, I'm a Mansell fan. Yeah. But if I've got to choose between him and Naden, yeah. even though he's young and he's got a brain snap in him, it's just Naden's got the pace that I would put him there over Source. And and Source has been great this year. I feel like that's all he's got, though. He's been reborn. Yeah, and so when you've got people that are poor at making decisions when things are happening at high speed... Yeah, but he could just get him out of position and just truck him. Yeah. You know, like, maybe he doesn't slice through without a hand laid on him, 
But he might just run straight over the That's top. That's not Josh it. anymore, though. Since the face, he's not the put the head down and carry someone on your shoulders over the try line anymore. Mm. Um, but, yeah, fuck, who knows? Stranger things. Panthers are going to win, in, in the forwards. Yeah, you know, right. Fisher-Harris. Yeah. Absolute fucking anally. Put your house on it. Mighty Manly Ring of Seagulls take on the Knights at Brookie. So, Suley comes back into the side to fix the back line there. I presume that although he has been uh, outside of the 17, I, I still think that Brendan Elliott will probably be fullback and then they'll uh, flick Funa and Garrick will go back to the wing. Mm. But we'll fucking see. I mean, Desi, you know, is not he is not a slow learner and he's not someone that, uh, you know, dwells on poor decisions and, and, you know, keeps trying to make shit, you know, persist with dumb shit like a, like a Mary would or a Seabold, if you will. Um, <laughs> so, and I expect this is a general lifting attitude. The Knights... Uh, Bradman Best comes, <laughs> returns after his uh, COVID business last week. Shibasaki's out. Uh, SESE returns to starting lock. Uh, Glasby did not pass his HIA from last week. And uh, Pasami Solo joins the interchange. Oh, Tato Mong is still there. You go. He's in 18. I mm. thought he was. I thought he was gone. Well, there you go. Look, Manly Brookvale, fucking lock it in. And uh, Danny Levi uh, revenge game as well. Ooh, you're calling it? Uh, yep. Yeesh. And uh, Callum Ponga is going to get absolutely fucking... All I want out of this game, other than the two points, two important two points, mm. I just, just football gods, hear me now. Please, let Callum Ponga sweep right <laughs> and meet George Tafua <laughs> in another highlight for his real <laughs> Yeah, I will. I if if I if if George could get Ponga with similar to the one that um who was it that fucked Moylan the other week? DWZ. DWZ yeah. yeah. If George could do that to Ponga, oh, I yeah, yeah. Like to say, I would come would be an understatement. It, it, it's an opportunity for Newcastle to right the ship. Yeah, and well, then both not, sides really. They're not in the Premiership contender conversation. At this stage Here's of the, the thing, season, they were they were last they were last week yeah, they were. like they were like a week and a half ago. Correct, and the way they respond to what they dished up last week will go a long way to if they are included and how seriously they're included moving forward. Yep. Oh, and I also see that uh, that well, you know, hopefully it takes. But the other thing I didn't mention in the game, the fucking this, the thing when Desi like twice this season, he's split Fenua Blake into power. Yeah, like those two, like as a as a front row pairing, are the best in the comp. And in a game with the rules change that it seems to be so important to getting mm. early momentum and, and that sort of thing, why wouldn't you just fucking put your big guns out and just fucking blast and dominate from the word go? He split them twice this year. Once was the Broncos game. Yep. 18-4 halftime. Mm-hmm. Next, Sharks game, 18-6 halftime. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's fucking... Don't, just don't do it, man. Mm. Just fucking don't. Maybe he's starting to get a bit of Canterbury does about him. Yeah, Canterbury Des was uh, gone to two grand finals. So, I mean. sorry, maybe he got a little bit of end of Canterbury Des about him. <laughs> mm. So yeah, Manly obviously thirteen plus nights forever our bitches, and um, Bradman worst and the fucking hype machine are going to be. Uh, they're going to be giving Corey Horsberg fucking lessons on how to tap into your emotions. <laughs> the doggies take on the rabbits. 
rabbits. I don't even fucking talk about it. Yeah. Hopper Jr.'s out for like the year or for ages, isn't he? Yeah. So, yep. no, honestly, no Hopper Jr. That's like, he's 30% of that fucking side. He's still great. Well, he is, he is their entire goal line defense. Yeah. He is still great. Yes. And without him, they are legit 30% worse. So, yeah. Correct. Hey, is this, is old mate, oh, he's not quite here. He's not quite out of quarantine yet, is he? Luke Thompson. No. I'm interested to see how he goes when he starts. That's the only, literally the only reason to watch Doggy's games in, in the coming weeks. Mm. Um, Rabbitohs, it doesn't even matter. It, I mean, Latrell Mitchell's a fullback. I know. It doesn't matter. Yep. Does not matter. They're going to get fucking trucked. And it's going to be one of these games where we go, oh my God, Latrell's amazing again. <laughs> He's fucking back. Don't go, Tigers fan it. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, you playing. Yeah. Mailbag, right. So, um, last week we had uh, Sam said he wanted to he wanted to, to, to say Seabold sucks in a few languages. It's kind of hard to, to translate Seabold sucks because you know it's a very ambiguous. Like it's very clear what it means in English. Yeah, and Seabold will be the same in. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you want to say Seabold can't coach. Okay. So in Vietnamese, Sibo Hong Ti Huan Ni Vang. Swahili. Sibo Hawesi Kufunga. Chinese, Sibo Bunong Chi Tao. I got all the languages, bitches. What other questions have we got here? Oh, some of these things have just fucking gone over each other. Let me just uh, delete that one. So just see the there three is not all the languages, just putting that out there. No, but I mean, I could have gone the easy options like Spanish and French and Japanese and ones that I actually le studied in German. Le le cunt face. Ne peut pas cocher. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's obviously, you know, Spanish. It's just Thibold sucks. <laughs> Thibold, Thibold no puede entrenar. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Terry Bull, can we have no more hashtags for rat bags? I'm game. I don't understand that at all. Stuart said, is there any recording or verbatim transcript of what Bellamy and Smith said to the Warriors? I'm intrigued to know just how they chose their words to find a balance between gloating and being encouraging. When you consider Bellamy's record as a man manager and Smith's record as a referee influencer, mm. I reckon we could glean a lot from how they spoke to that dressing room. I I too would love to, to know. And uh, I, as far as I know, there were no journalists in there. The reason why I say that is because it would have mm. been they would have recorded it and it would have been transcribed for the articles. Yeah. And also I, th I think with their motivations, you know, I, I think with Bellamy, it would, it would have been at most a courtesy thing, him going in there and doing it. Mm -hmm. um, Cameron Smith, it was just an inflated sense of self-importance. Which has typified his career. Exactly. So, um, no, I'm not interested at all. Fuck them. Dan said, uh, does Sticky deliberately recruit forwards who are a bit touched? I thought I'd seen it all after Hudson Young's blatant eye gouge in front of 24 TV cameras. Then came Hornsberg's bizarre theatrics. Until then, I'd only ever seen toddlers cry a tear of rage. This is what happens when they're too angry to get the words out. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Ricky seems to, to go for that stereotypical, you know, you can't coach passion or you can't coach yeah. heart. Yeah. And that goes one of two ways when the going gets tough. 
they either you know, put their head down and and whiten it through. Who yep. got got himself through some shitty performances, yep. and by the end of the game was man of the match last year. Yeah. Oh, and remember, yeah, you know, he was he started off the season and they still got paid. Yeah, that's you know, it. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, or it goes to oh oh fuck you, and that's <laughs> yeah. So um, passion. Unpredictable oh, since 1975. The, the other thing is, what what a what kind of a fucking stereotype meme human do you have to be to be a red-headed person who loses their shit emotionally? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has exactly. there ever been a study done like the, the corollary with yeah with, with with red-headed people and like heightened emotional response to stuff? Yeah. Well, no, but no. let's do it. <laughs> Please, someone give us a grant. Someone send us the paperwork to fill out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, presumably, you know, it'd be, it'd be a, a, a juicy federal grant that would allow us to devote like a good two years and to get it. us some fucking lab coats, <laughs> speculums, an S- SPF eight million. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see what here. Nathan said, "Why are the Broncos so shit, and why does it make me so happy?" Look. You know, we can make some guesses why they're so shit. Just, you know, everything we've said on the show. Look, it, it looks- why does it make you so happy? Because you're a normal human being and it is a Correct. normal human response. I've been through a situation with Penrith where it is obvious that whatever the coach is putting down is getting through a certain amount to a certain percentage of the players. Mm-hmm. Then there's that other percentage of the players that don't get it at all, that have enough experience to half know what they're doing. Yep. And then there's the rest of them that just don't get it and they're completely lost with everything that's going on in the club. And that's what the Broncos look like to me at the moment. Yep. Uh, Daniel said, when when the dogs uh, do sack Dean Pay, who's the new coach and what does the reported $3 million war chest buy? Mm. Well, I really think they need to invest some money in another half if they don't manage to retain Kieran Foran. Yes. Maybe Blake Green, maybe that's a possible destination for him. Mm. They need a fucking game manager, which they do not have. Yes. That's one thing they need. Yep. Some money's going to go into Thompson. Uh, you know, there's probably plenty of forwards that are out there that they could try and buy. Yeah. Why wouldn't they try and land a big fish like... I mean, if they've got... If, if that $3 million war chest is real, <coughs> then... Why don't you invest some of that in the likes of a of a David Fafita? Yeah, if you could, that's it. I mean, it seems like oh, he's well, look, prepared to go for money. Apparently, going after Bateman. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and no. and he's not he's not super expensive either. I mean, that's sort of talking not. like three or four years for two million. I mean, yeah. that's like that's worth it. Yeah, that's 100%. that's not overs. But you you look at any club like the last club that had any sort of success was probably Manly that had young. Halves. Brisbane got to a yep. grand final with relatively young halves. Yep. But Manly had some success with it when you had That's Terry super, Evans. Yeah, and no, that was like first year in the NRL. But, yeah. but you also had representative level players yeah. in very key positions around them that had longevity together. Like you had yeah. the Stewart well, brothers. You had, you had, Matt, you had Matt Ballin, who was, who, was solid, who was solid as shit and reliable. And then you had like, you know, the Stewart brothers combination. And then he, and then. Yeah, and anyway, Jamie Lyon mm. obviously was, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had, yeah, and like you know, Beave. They had so many fucking people. You think? Mm. Well, I didn't actually know Beave in twenty eleven though. They had Beave when Foreign started, but yeah. Um, so actually, no, he just missed out on that year. But um, yeah. Always they had fucking tons of. 
Yeah, exactly. Guys around him. But this is, yeah, I just feel like, like, because for, for, for what he brings to the table, he's not like a game managing half. Not at all. So if they could get someone like a Blake Green who's got a, a decent long kicking game and can handle that side of things, I think that would improve them immeasurably because they, yeah. you know. But, man, are they even going to sack pay? I know they had the meeting and the support thing. Yeah. And I know that he's probably closer to, to getting the axe than any other coach. He, at the what's moment, he, I think. What's he been allowed to do though? Like seriously, what changes has he been allowed to make to that roster since Desi had it? Desi got Napa in there, didn't he? Don't don't know. Or is that No, because Desi had a year off. That's right. Yeah. He, he had a full year off yeah. before he came back to yeah, so um But he really hasn't been able to make some any yeah, or or, have, or has the changes he's made so. just been shit? I don't think that makes it worse. Is this his third year? Fuck, who knows? I, I mean, at some point you got to fucking. It's not like at some point. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you're not. No one's going to tell me that like that. Luke Thompson was is like the first signing he's made or anything like that. You Jesus know? Christ! Because if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Well, just DWZ. Yeah. Like you got him in there as yeah, well. True. <laughs> yeah. True. Crichton. Um. Uh, Michael, what what are your thoughts on the Broncos? What's wrong? How do we fix it? Common theme this week. What's wrong? I just think that you, well, you hear. I mean, we we hear what the media allows us to hear, but I've heard yep. all sorts of shit. Like the, the the basic genesis is there are players on too much money who are not living up to that. You know, showing the leadership that their price tag and position within the side dictates. Dictates. Yep. Yeah. And now, then, so then you got to look. Okay, so why? Mm. And yeah, T-Bold apparently, like he's he doesn't have like a lot of buy-in for what he's doing. Apparently, he's like super complicated. The way he, he's like yeah. the opposite of Bellamy. Like Bellamy gives people a simple list of KPIs yes. to achieve that makes their job when you very are on easy field, to focus on. Here are the four things that you have mm-hmm. to do, and you have to make sure that you do these four things all the fucking time. Apparently, Seabold, uh, um, you know, he's he dictates very heavily. You know, this is where, Milford, this is where you operate on the field. Croft, this is where you operate on the field. Mm. Things like that that I guess... Uncounter for, for like a Milford type character who's yeah. who seems to, his highlight reel seems to be about, you know, off the cuff. Like how many, how many times last year were Brisbane out of a game and then Milford would do some fucking vintage Milford shit and mm. run around three guys and do that thing where he didn't look to be going fast, mm-hmm. but no one could fucking put a hand on him. Mm-hmm. And then he'd put a chip through and he'd all of a sudden be there catching it. Yep. Yeah. Why stifle that? And then there's the other like intangible things like the, the you know, like the team culture. And then there's the talk of, you know, well, they got away from, you know, you know, shunning when they shun Kevin Walters, who, yep. who, you know, seems to think that he had almost like a, a, like a verbal agreement to be taking over after Wayne. And then that, and he has, and Kevin Walters has the buy-in from all these other ex-players who are all still sort of attached to the club in various ways with yeah. their tendrils in there and very influential. Mm. Um, then they, they, then there's this, the mysterious story of what happened with the Josh Maguire. Like Wayne Bennett was saying that like he had like two weeks before he went to the Cowboys, mm. Wayne Bennett still had the side and he was, and he's like, you know, had talked to him about him being, you know, one of the, the top tier leaders within the side. Mm. And this is what was going to happen. And then Seabold like, Seabold talks yeah. to him and he's fucking boom, he's yeah. gone up to the Cowboys. It's- so, the, so there's just, you know, I think the story of what's wrong with the Broncos today 
is not going to be written for like another couple of years, potentially when yeah. some you know some more people yeah. moved on from the situation. The genesis of it was the board up there did the good old fucking chop and change thing. Yep. As in South Sydney have had a medicum of success mm-hmm. this year. So we need a new coach because we're not really happy with our results. And so we just put our blinkers on and think that the successful thing out of that club must be the coach because that's what we need a new one of and we'll just transplant it and get success. Yep. Fucking naive. Even saw in that thing with that Wayne Bennett where he's saying like the Broncos were like they're having a coaching selection you yeah. know, to see who they make an offer to. And, and like Dimitri has obviously been a guy like waiting in the wings yep. for a while too. And Wayne said, don't... He said, don't even fucking bother, dude. Yeah. He said, they've already decided like they're, yeah. they're saying that they're selecting mm. it. They've already decided on Seabold. Don't even fucking yeah, waste your time, that's mate. It. You know? Um... Russ says, how many other Horsberg passionate tears of rage instances can you recollect? Honestly, none. Like like crying with anger. Yeah. I, don't, I can't recall any. But I, you know, I'm not going to say it was the first time it ever happened though. So by all means, hit us up. If you, if you remember any, let us know. Because I'm certain that there'll be other ones. But yeah. Surely. Surely. Ross. I have a bit of an issue, the change where referees will be able to immediately restart the tackle count when markers are not square or break early at the play of the ball. There are a few clubs, especially Storm, who when tackled, take a step forward and to the side or lunge forward into the marker (coughs) to get their roll on happening, or then Smith runs into the marker and wins a penalty. This could be a disaster. I agree with what you're saying. However, I also want to light a candle and perhaps preemptively hope for the best here Mm -hmm. that if they step to the side or take that step forward, like at the moment, too many step forward, they just blow the whistle and say, fucking march it it back back three meters or whatever. And yeah, I am hoping that what happens is if they step to the side, they'll just consider it because you know, for the flow of the game and everything, I hope they'll just just consider that milking. Same as if you're, you know, same as if you're, you're spacking out too much on the ground, correct? you know, trying to make it look like they're holding you down and they call milking. Hopefully, a step to the side will be considered milking. So, therefore, if you do it and their marker, you'll get no benefit to it Mm. because you won't get the six again and the marker will be, and the marker will be able to step across early or whatever, which may give you less roll than you initially wanted to. Correct. Uh, What else have we got here? Dane said, well, what's bigger? Hope Solo's cavernous clam or the whole Curtis Scott leaves for the opposing attack to run train through? Ooh, a lot of Curtis Scott hate this week, and rightly so. Uh, hope Solo. Sam, for this week's Seabold Sucks segment, we should go through the alphabet to describe him. For example, A for arrogant, B would be for plan B, he never has one, C is for contracted too long. <laughs> <laughs> Send him in, folks. Send him in. Uh, Nathan said, Josh Hoffman spotted at the Brecky Creek Hotel. Wonder if signing with the Broncos. He lives in Townsville. Ooh. Maybe. Oh, well. And uh, just uh, hit the tip in quickly. Knight's Crusade 2020 is on top by himself. There you go. And then... That's some credit. Then we've got uh, four guys tied on 41, which is six again, Yanar, One-Eyed Tiger, Cowboy, and Christian Lin. And then we go back, there's probably another 10 guys on 40. So we've got JBB, Andy, Sneaky Kiwi, Mike Corona, and King Kong. Mm. So that's it. 
Full time for episode 357. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Uh, Facebook community lives at hashtag Twill Nation. So uh, get in there if you can. We're seeing uh, new people flooding there every day. And it's, uh, I assume it's new listeners that have uh, seen the featuring on, on uh, Apple Podcasts. So thank you. Welcome. The community is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. Um, we're also on Facebook. Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And you guys seem to have no problem finding that because we've seen the likes come in there every day as well. Um, Get in like, and make yourself known in the group. Yeah. Don't don't be shy. I mean, when, when we approve your entry into the group, just post some shit. Let us, you know, who do you support? Yeah. You know, jump in the banner. Put a, paint a target on yourself immediately and, uh, exactly. and prepare for the good times. So it's basically like primary school. You'll know that you're popular if you're getting <laughs> shit hung on you. <laughs> exactly. We'll just walk in there and just just have a read of some of the threads, it's, and then just just and then just walk up and just punch the, the <laughs> punch the person who posts the most in the face. <laughs> Isn't that how it's prison rules? Um, <laughs> so if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go the extra mile, our digital memberships are still available and can be picked up anytime for only three ninety nine per month. Three ninety nine. And we did have some uh, some reviews, but I didn't paste them into this document, so I'll do them next week. I know one was from Biggest Tiger, though, so thank you, sir. You're oh, a legend. Wonderful. And uh, the other one, I, I cannot remember off the top of my head. It was more recent, a week more recent than Biggest One. But thank you for the reviews. Really appreciate them, and I will read them out next week. Um, that's it. Nice. you have anything else to add, sir? Nope. Hashtag Eerie of Cleary. That's just a sigh. Just a <sighs> way to end the way to end the show on a fucking low. Oh, stop it! <laughs> That's basically like the the, the end of seven. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah, shit. Gwyneth Paltrow died. How good was that? Yeah, he was great. But I mean, Brad Pitt seemed like there a good go. dude. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that anguish. Think of all the fucking rolled ankles on vagina eggs. Well, it's, like, it's like it's like it's like fucking Nathan Cleary. I mean, like he he wakes up and he looks in the mirror and he sees the fucking password oozing out yeah, there, exactly. and he and he turns around to he turns around to the five in his bed and he's just like, "What's in your box? What's in your box?" <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Later. <laughs>